It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, America. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 14th day of December, 2023. This is The Horn. Head on live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. And it's also where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. This is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live Monday through Ah, uh, damn it. Hold on. Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And if you are listening to the podcast, please be so kind as to like and uh, like every episode, subscribe, and help us build awareness of the program and bring other like-minded, good folks into the conversation. Now, stand by a minute. The internet, uh, the cable guy was here. And I have new router and interface and whatever thingy. There, finally, yay. It wasn't taking the uh, new password. That's much better. Okay. Um, anyway, if you are listening live right now, feel free to pop by the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, where you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, Anatole and Irish Dave and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, gang. Glad to have you around. And, uh, well, I think we're going to have a <sighs> an interesting thorn in the side Thursday. Did I do the hi, I'm Robin? Because hi, I'm Robin. Uh, oh, thanks, Matt. I was just about to ask if there was a live show today. Two minutes late is actually on time for Roxanne. I try, I, I try hard to, but again, fun with internet. So new router, new interface unit, new password, and so that took a second. Oh, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So we say thank you to our 14th day of the month PayPal subscribers and, uh, and others. And that means thank you very kindly uh, to Matt in San Francisco and to Routes. Thank you both for being partial sponsors of the program for the 14th day of the month. That's very kind and much appreciated. Uh, the fundraising goal stands at $1,240. That means we've got uh, 40 bucks to go for last Friday on the front porch. It would be great to finish Friday on the front porch before tomorrow's Friday on the front porch. Um, and then if we could get to work on this past Monday so we won't have an entirely unfunded week with, you know, bills. I mean, this isn't about... The, the great big standing rib of beef or the Chateaubriand or the beef Wellington or no that's no that's not what it's about it's about just this month to month same old month and I'll be quite honest uh, tomorrow's the drop dead date for me to sign up for health care and I would like to be able to pay the first month's premium so that I can have I'll, so that I'll be insured on January the first all of its part and parcel of trying to uh, get caught up here at the at almost mid-month great heavenly days december is halfway gone and so that's uh we've got what 17 days 17 days left in uh the in 2023 and then there's 2024 and i can't help feeling like well that old line something wicked this way comes or maybe not maybe not uh, let's see, Donald Trump is dumb as fuck and he just got outplayed by Jack Smith, uh, courtesy of Ralph's. Uh, also, via, well, Jeff Tiedrich via Ralph's. That's the title of the piece at jefftiedrich.com uh, with uh, him noting. Holy shit, I would love to play poker against little Donnie Fuckface. He's erratic, he's impulsive, he's dumber than a box of rocks, and he has no ability to restrain himself or think ahead of more, more by more than one move. And Tedrick um, uh, notes that, um, it, and we pointed it out here too, he just keeps, Nitwit Nero just keeps losing and losing and losing and losing. Um, And Jeff Tiedrich writing about Jack Smith going to the Supreme Court to preempt the. Im I'm immune. I'm immune. I, I, I took. I, I took. I took the insurrection vaccine. I'm definitely immune. And so I'm. Uh, so is my herd. And, uh, and Nitwit Nero, of course, whining that, uh, and this was a, a Trump spokes creep, of course. Jack Smith is trying for a Hail Mary by racing to the Supreme Court and attempting to bypass the appellate process. Jeff Tiedrich noted, this is why you don't play poker with the man who convicts war criminals in The Hague. And then, uh, 
Well, Special Counsel Jack Smith has extracted data from the cell phone Donald Trump used while in the White House and plans to present evidence of his findings to a Washington, D.C. jury to demonstrate how Trump used the phone in the weeks during which he attempted to subvert the 2020 election. Oh, dear. The calls literally were coming from inside the White House. Jeff Tiedrich is uh, apparently feeling quite froggy. He said it's like Christmas came two weeks early this year. I can see where he might think that. Uh, oh, yes, uh, new cable equipment, Stephen, New York says, <laughs> you finally got the new flagellate. Not only that, Steve, I got a new Knuton valve, too. Hopefully we won't have any more days like we did two days ago. And where the show got interrupted about 12 different times with the Internet falling all to pieces. Um, uh, a couple of notes. Uh, one coming from Dr. Allen down in Texas, our dear friend there, who uh, leads uh, Waco Friends of Peace. As someone focused on science and the climate crisis, I find your show very informative read congressional matters, the presidency, and the law. Your legal background enables you to teach all of us. Plus, your show is funny, and your warmth and sincerity make me feel at home. Thank you, Alan. I wanted to address an issue a lady brought up related to EVs, as I've been driving these for almost seven years. She stated that EVs are okay, but you can't drive them in extreme conditions, paraphrasing. Although driving range does decrease with very cold weather, one can, can still drive. A study comparing the ideal range with range in freezing conditions found a large variation in range decrease from around minus 16% for the Audi e-tron to minus 46% for the Volkswagen ID4. And remember, in Norway, a very cold country, about 90% of new car sales are now EVs. Overall, I'm very pro-EV and feel sure they are our future. Maybe I should call and talk a bit about EVs if you think your uh, community would enjoy hearing some first-hand experience. Uh, Alan, I would love that. Call in any time. I'd love, heck, I'd just love to talk to you. Um, it would be, uh, it would be a delight. And I still want one, an EV, um, or at least something with a with a with a regenerative hybrid component at the very least. There's a lot to be said for the joy with which uh, Todd there in South Carolina, Stan, talks about his uh, hybrid Ford Maverick. And, of course, Al and I have ridden in your Chevy Bolt. And goodness gracious, the pickup out of the hole is amazing. I love that car. And I want, um, what are you driving these days, Alan? Let me know. Quick bit of food porn from Cynthia in the Bay Area. Normally, I do not like chicken breasts, so often after cooking, it tends to be dry and tasteless, like eating cardboard or something. Well, the other day, I cooked a chicken breast sous vide, and it came out wonderfully, just unbelievably tender and juicy. To be sure, I've had mixed results trying to cook chicken breast that way, and the temperature can make a huge difference. This one was partially frozen when I put it in, but otherwise, I let it go for three hours at 140 degrees, and couldn't have turned out better. And I expect it is a very healthy way to cook it. So, for that reason alone, you need a sous vide machine, and it makes a great addition to a salad. The machine or the chicken, Cynthia? Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, 
No, I was talking about Brother Deacon. I was talking with Brother Deacon Asa about that very thing earlier today, because uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I saw a Thor's hammer beef um, junk, and it was. I mean, it's got that French piece of bone sticking in Hog hungry, hog um, burned meat. But I, I asked Brother Deacon Asa, could you sous vide that thing? And then, you know, do do kind of a reverse process, sous vide it, and then turn around and just sear the daylights out of it to get that pretty crust. And he said, oh, that might work very well. That might be the very thing to do. So I said that, I told uh, Brother Deacon, that may be the thing that finally pushes me over the, over the edge and <sighs> makes me finally get the sous vide device. I wouldn't begin to know where or how to begin to shop for one of those. So if you guys have any suggestions... Uh, feel sure. Uh, Randy Radar wants to know, and if any, uh, Brother Deacon, if you want to chime in on this, because you're far more of an expert than I, how is sous vide different from brazing? Um, it, I will leave that up to Brother Deacon, so if he deigns to answer, or Cynthia, you answer too, uh, please feel free to chime in. Uh, Scary Jerry checking in from Sobe, South Beach. The statue I sent you an image of Barbara Kappelman. She was a fierce old bird who back in 1978 when South Miami Beach was the world's largest crack house. She championed Art Deco. These old buildings should be saved, Neil. They're gorgeous. Burn it all down and legalize gambling. Neil Rogers, 1981-ish. She saw what could be. She petitioned Congress to make these buildings historical buildings, and the rest is history. She believed in transformations and potential. So a persistent old bird and a bunch of queers and trans people and oddballs took their talents to South Beach. And that, of course, is what drives people like Ron Monkey Up DeClantis absolutely batshit. Uh, 12th Street in South Beach with a... Uh, a uh, Rainbow marker above the street sign. Yeah, I'd, God, I'd love to. See, I love Art Deco, and I would love to see that area. And yeah, there's the bust, Barbara Bayer Corritman, 1920 to 1990, writer, artist, preservationist, founder of the Miami Design Preservation League, 1976. Thank you, Scary Jerry. Maybe someday when Florida comes back to its senses, it'll be safe for me to go there. Like, along about February, you know? And, there, and uh, by the way, Ralphs has offered up a $25 Jasmine Crockett challenge. And uh, so, uh, in honor of Jasmine, Ch uh, Jasmine Crockett, Spotting how the math ain't mathing. $25 is on the ta table to be doubled, and that will get us down. That, that'll get us down into beginning funding for this past Monday. So, um, that would be fantastic if anybody wants to help. Thank you. Um, let me check the link here.
so Jasmine Crockett, who has rapidly become one of my most favorite members of the House of Representatives, and she but a freshman, um, she tore Comer Pyle's ass off and handed it to him and said, is this yours? And yesterday she blistered them over the impeachment inquiry. And dropped a dropped a hammer on the Morans, and deservedly so. Say the math ain't mathin', especially when you consider the fact that the previous speaker and who knows how many speakers we're gonna have. I mean, some people are optimistic oh, that you know it's this is only gonna be the second. One. We'll see if we end up with another speaker before the one eighteenth is over. But we know that the previous speaker said, "Oh no, we don't need a vote. We we don't need a vote on the impeachment inquiry." So now, all of a sudden, you do need a vote? Tell me what's changed. Nothing has changed. The only thing that y'all have done is, is that you've invited and then uninvited and then invited back, and I, I don't really know where. Nothing's changed. They're just a bunch of clueless losers. And it might prove to be, thank you for that clip, Ralphs. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for the challenge, too. It may turn out to be a bit of a whiny thorn in the side Thursday. Not on my account, but basically based on uh, some right whiny little maggots. And while nobody particularly wants to listen to maggot whining, mm, some of this is pretty darn special. Because it's an especially whiny whining. And I can't help loving it. That said, though, um... I want to go back to a note I received just a few minutes ago from Steve in New York. Am I alone in this sentiment, Steve asks? This is not a rhetorical question. Share. Let us know. Let me know. Let Steve know what you think. In 2016, I had the sense that Hillary Clinton was going to lose. This time, I'm pretty sure I have no sense about what's going to happen in 2024. That complete uncertainty is actually worse to me than having the feeling I just don't Yet, I have a sense of foreboding, because I know what will happen if the worst does happen, come to pass. Uh, well, from my standpoint, Steve, you're not alone. I think it's all the variables that give me that larger sense of unquiet, of... Being ill at ease. It, it's 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 things like what we were talking about last night toward the end of the program. Whether or not, I mean, it, it boils down to whether or not we will have a democracy. And you know how advisedly I use that term. Whether we, whether or not we will have something that resembles our idea of a democracy, because I will always stand by the assertion that we have it at the horn. That in when you're talking about the United States of America and democracy, it is far more 
aspirational than operational. And all you have to do is go back to the Federalist Papers, and it's all right there, uh, with uh, Madison and Hamilton pretty much agreeing that they would set up a governmental structure in the Constitution, and that whatever structure they came up with, they would call it democracy, even if it wasn't. For instance, there's nothing even vaguely smelling of democracy in the Electoral College. The Senate of the United States could not possibly be structured any more undemocratically. The House of Representatives is, uh, Representatives is nominally democratic. Nominally. Remember that the structure of the Senate in the original uh, Constitution as ratified did not allow for direct election of senators. That required a constitutional amendment. But what happens if any... It's kind of like, and Steve, I know you'll get a kick out of this. It's kind of like something from football. Sorry. And it's often attributed either to Woody Hayes or Bear Bryant, and it could easily have come from the mouth of either one of them, maybe Bo Schembechler. But the line, there's only three things that can happen when you pass the ball, and two of them are bad. And under that rubric, the, the, the uh, pass is incomplete, it's intercepted, or complete. And of those three things, only one of them, the completed pass, is, uh, is, is, is good. Well, when you consider worst-case scenarios for 2024, there's the one where Nitwit Nero wins, but the House miraculously shifts to Democratic hands. Or there's the one where Nitwit Nero wins, and the House stays Republican, but the Senate stays Democratic. That seems further and less and less likely, at least the Senate part. And then the real nightmare scenario, Nitwit Nero wins, the House is in Republican hands, and the Senate is too. And Mitch McConnell goes and goes ahead and nukes the filibuster. You know, like some of us have hollered should have happened all along, but, well... Sometimes the filibuster is your enemy and sometimes it's your friend. It, too, is, of course, undemocratic, and it's a question of just how democratic we want to be. And it is that last scenario that is absolutely, utterly, and totally terrifying. Of course, there's also the possibility that Joe Biden just whips that, whips that orange ass... Democrats take the House and Democrats hang on to the Senate, and that's a pretty that's a pretty beautiful thought and something that we've talked about here for quite some time. Dare to dream, dare to dream, but then work to make the dreams a reality. Um, So, no, Steve, I don't think you're alone, and people are free to chime in with their thoughts. I mean, that's sort of the modus operandi of this entire program. Uh, 
Oh, and uh, uh, back to sous vide for a moment. Brother Deacon Asa explaining. Sous vide, and this is based on Randy Radar's question, sous vide takes place in a vacuum environment. Juices don't have much of a place to go. Not the case with brazing. So too, sous vide temperature control is down to a fraction of a degree. With brazing, you're guessing the temperature within a few degrees. So like in the case of that Thor's hammer, you would vacuum seal the entire cut and then use the sous vide device to maintain uh, maintain the temperature. Like, say, in the case of, I guess, rare, uh, you'd want uh, 125, maybe 130. And as Brother D.K. explained to me, once it gets to 130, it'll just hold it at 130 till hell freezes over. And then take that bad boy out and have your griddle just white hot and and sear it on all sides and whoo that'd be beautiful and do you do do you do rubs or you know seasonings and stuff with the meat before you vacuum seal it can you do you does the sous vide work that way? I don't know but I don't, I've never felt a greater urge to do sous vide when I saw that thing up at the pig. Uh, Scary Jerry says, uh, South Beach is making EVs cool. EVs are taking over. Electric foot scooters are all the rage. 500 to 3200 watts, fast as fuck. The cheeky observable thing that couples are riding them. Showing up on a scooter will get you laid. The geek or nerd stink is gone. That green lane is a two-wheeled EV lane. If you see it on South Beach today, you'll see it everywhere else in five years. This is why Petro MAGA is terrified. It's all about the oil. And by the way, 666 parts per million of CO2 is the mark of the beast. Huh. Oh, I see the green lane. It all just looks so pretty. It does. Thank you. Thank you, Scary Jerry. Uh, let's see. I'm just curious. That's not terrible. A sous vide cooker running about 150 bucks. Oh, there's one for 79. I am terribly, terribly, terribly intrigued. Um. Absolutely. You put your rub on and vacuum seal it after. That just sounds that just sounds so cool. But I said it was going to be a potentially whiny thorn in the side Thursday. And it is and I only said that because it is. Over to the Rudy Giuliani trial. Um, they have begun the closing arguments. And in remarks to the jury, Giuliani's pettifogger, Joe Sibley, 
explained an argument, and I don't know how this doesn't drive. Generally speaking, there's kind of an etiquette around opening statements and closing arguments, and we've gone over the difference between the two in the past. But there's an etiquette that you don't interrupt somebody's closing argument unless it's really egregious. I don't know if there was an, an objection here, but I don't know how you wouldn't. Because Joe Sibley, in uh, his summation, said that his client, Rudy Giuliani, had elected not to take the stand for the sake of the plaintiffs. Joe Sibley said that uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss's testimonies were credible. But then he said, uh, It's been hard to watch the victims in this case. And everything you saw was 100% genuine. That wasn't acting. Yesterday, Miss Freeman was especially hard to handle. That's why we made the decision not to question her. Sure, buddy. Sure. And then... Knowing that the jury's going, well, why didn't we hear? Why didn't we hear from from Creepy Rudy? Well, he really couldn't tell them the truth. He couldn't say that the minute Rudy got on the stand, he, Joe Sibley's law license, would be uh, sitting there with the sword of Damocles hanging over it, and that he might have had to beg for leave to withdraw his counsel. No, no, he said that his client didn't testify because Miss Freeman and Miss Moss have been through enough. But that didn't last because, according to reporting coming from inside the courtroom, because remember, we the people are not, not allowed to see what's going on in there because of the uh, dictates of our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties pre in the present and ones in the past no cameras no recording devices in the courtroom so after he said that it was only by the goodness of rudy guliani's heart that he didn't testify because they didn't want to make life harder for ruby freeman and shay moss that joe sibley said huh I almost wanted to look at the ceiling to see if the plaintiff's lawyers were puppeteering the witnesses. That's pretty slimy. It really is. And maybe you just let it slide by. It's a tactical question. It matter that uh, a lawyer has to decide pretty much on the spot, there are some things you cannot anticipate. But Rudy's looking at up to $43 million in damages. And God, I hope Ms. Freeman and Ms. Moss get every stinking penny of it. I wouldn't care if Rudy had to live in a, in a cardboard box over a subway grate in Hell's Kitchen for the rest of his natural-born days. Six, you know, six Semper Tyrannis 
as the saying goes. And they're uh, kind of uh, uh, at each other's throats in the Congress, and by that I mean maggots are at each other's throats. And Matt, it just gates worse, is particularly whiny because, as we discussed last week, he is becoming less and less and less loved or even tolerated by his maggot brothers and sisters in the house. He, of course, is the one who filed the privileged motion to vacate the vacate the speaker, the one that... Jasmine Crockett had such great sport with. The math ain't mathin'. And so he went on the air, Matt, it just Gates Worse did, uh, with the man who looks like how what rancid hot dog water smells like, Stevie Three Shirts, to explain it's not his fault. It's just not. It's not his fault. On Matt in San Francisco, you're absolutely correct. It's a beautiful thing, Matt said. The thought of two black ladies taking all of Rudy's money just brings a smile to my face. I know it's it's all it's involuntary, isn't it, Matt? It just it just makes uh, it makes it makes you smile like like Christmas morning. We got Rudy's money. We got Rudy's money. All of Rudy's money. No singing. Challenge is still on the table. Uh, but yes, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Gates, it just gets worse, is a whining. And that was former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announcing his in, intention to leave the Congress to quit at the end of the year. You'll remember back in January, Kevin McCarthy said, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and it appears he is indeed finished. This announcement from Speaker McCarthy coming the day after his top lieutenant, Patrick McHenry, announced his retirement from the Congress. The key difference is that McHenry seems to be indicating a willingness to serve out the entire term that his voters elected him to. Kevin McCarthy, in turn, saying if he cannot run the place and be Speaker then he will leave. So there is an establishment exodus from the United States Republican Conference, and it's my hope that we backfill these establishment lobbyist-drawn entities with folks who are willing to fight for the America First agenda to reduce wars, to get out of these bad trade deals, and to stop the illegal immigration that is overrunning our country. And we have to provide a check on... That's a lot of word salad for Ein Volk, Ein Reich, now isn't it? America first. The Biden administration that continues to spend us into oblivion and to more debt and to defang this weaponized government that's been turned against our fellow Americans. Kevin McCarthy was not useful in that fight. In many ways, he inhibited it, and now he is leaving. But there is a very real math problem that we are confronted with uh, for this departure, for all of the self-congratulatory videos that Kevin Here comes some made, him leaving his unwillingness to stay and vote for even the most basic of Republican priorities may imperil our ability to get the job done. So here's the math. We have a four-seat majority that we were elected to, errantly, foolishly, in violation of precedent and due process, 
We made the decision to expel George Santos. Now, most Republicans in the conference voted against expelling Santos, but enough voted with the errant ethics committee that he is now gone. The errant ethics committee. That takes committee. four down to three. Now, 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 while he's mathing, let's talk about the errant ethics committee. The That's the same errant ethics committee that is said to be in the process of crafting a report that's going to ah, drop a house on Matt at Just Gates Worse. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I'd do, Mr. Giant Forehead Genius Dude. That's what I'd do. I'd, I'd, I'd call the committee that's got my, uh, my, my political life in their hands names. Errant. In this case, Errant is doing a lot of the work of the word assholes. Because that's what he wants to call them. Assholes. These assholes that are making my life so damn hard. Right? Oh, wait. Stephen New York said, oh, please not Hell's Kitchen. There are a number of good beer places there. My very pro-LGBT church is there, and there are many really good restaurants. How about the Central Park Rambles, where there are copious amounts of gay cruising? That'd drive pervy Rudy crazy. Or maybe out of the closet. Ah. Sorry, couldn't resist. Back to Matt Gates. McCarthy is saying he's leaving at the end of the year. Takes us down to two. And then Bill Johnson, the Republican from Ohio, uh, has indicated that he is taking the university presidency at Youngstown State. That will leave us with a one-seat majority. Sure hope everyone eats their veggies, stays healthy over the break. Sure hope all those Republicans who hate my ass don't have a little conversation with the Democrats and throw my ass out, because they throw his ass out, and then they're pretty much even. Might be, uh, might be worth it. Otherwise, this thing could tip the balance to the Democrats. Now, there has been some commentary on social media that I am to blame, that it's my fault that Kevin McCarthy is quitting and leaving early. I don't know anyone else who would just... Well, dipshit, you're the one who filed the motion to vacate, aren't you, or were you possessed? Uh, were, were, did your eyes roll back in your head and you were uh, yelling, uh, vacate the speaker in hell, vacate the speaker in hell? Say, well, if I can't run the place, I'm going to leave. Nancy Pelosi, for all her flaws, and there are many, she at least stuck around. She didn't hurt her team by saying, well, if I can't be the quarterback, I'm just going to take the ball and go home. Uh, I don't think that's actually an apt comparison there wily coyote super genius for her flaws and they are many <laughs> yeah she was so flawed that she <laughs> managed to stay speaker and be speaker on a couple of different occasions and will probably re be recognized as one of the most effective speakers if not the most effective speaker in the modern era or perhaps any era. She had no. She wasn't forced out. No, there was no Matt Gates on the Democrat side filing a motion to vacate the Speaker. Now all of this happens over on that little the, the slimy right wing platform called Rumble. 
to which you have to subscribe. And you subscribe to Mad It Just Gates Worse on Rumble. Don't do it. It'll make your brain hurt. That seems to be what we're getting from Kevin McCarthy. This is not an act of patriotism or moving on to the next fight. It is an act of abject selfishness, and it is revealing that if Kevin McCarthy can't swing the gavel and be in charge and make the decisions, that he's not willing to be a team player. For all the criticism I've received about not being a team player, I'm here. I'm doing the work. I'm taking votes. And the Republican establishment might not like how I vote all the time, but I'm not facilitating a path to hand power to the Democrats. That would be more in line with what we see from the former speaker who is on his way out the door. So over on Rumble, I wonder who watches this and actually buys into it. Because anybody who buys into what he said there is, you know, atne ute aitbre if you one hora inle. Matt Gates did cause the chaos. And it doesn't matter whether he shows up. I mean, he, he does. He shows up and he stands around the well of the house talking about the nights that he stays up all night snorting hard-on pills that he's crushed and chasing it with monster energy. Energy drink. One thinks that maybe, you know, that can't be, that can't be good for your ticker. And you might even find that out the... I was going to say the hard way, but that's, that's, that's a problematic statement, isn't it? Um, Darlene in Connecticut says, uh, Matt, if Gate, it, Matt, it just Gates worse is the last person who should be using the phrase backfill. 100% agree with Steve from New York about Hell's Kitchen. Vacated there for about a week years ago. Terrifically fun part of Manhattan. Okay, um... We'll find we'll we'll find a seedier corner of New York City. I just thought I was just thinking the name, you know. But no, I know Hell's Kitchen is cool. We have we have a friend who lives thereabouts. She used to send me pictures, and it's like oh. Um, and then uh, I remember Bourdain talking about how much fun it was. Uh, Steve in New York, having been conjured by Darlene, says, uh, Matt Gates. I'm thinking he used the term errant uh, because someone has told the human drive-in movie screen. Wait a minute. Someone told the human drive-in movie screen that the ethics committee is about to drop the dime on him. Y- yes. It's not my fault, Matt Gates. Emilio says he was hurting my knuckles with his eyes. I don't think Matt's, uh, Matt Matt doesn't have the uh, uh, fisticuffs kind of courage. I think he's got the uh, um, he's got the fluid kind of courage. And as to Nancy Pelosi, Matt in San Francisco says, I think her husband having his head bashed in with a hammer forced her to ask herself some serious questions. 
Like, I'm in my 80s. Is it worth risking my family members' lives being in leadership? Or maybe I should just proudly look back at my record and say, I've done enough. Time for the youngins to take the reins. And I think the latter is exactly what happened. And she kept her word. And I feel actually kind of decent with uh, Hakeem Jeffries at the helm. I was not particularly excited, but because he was kind of corporate. Really corporate. But what's more important is he knows how to keep his caucus together. Uh, yeah, Smitty, answering your question um, without... Go- yeah, they're here. Nice to hear from you. Smitty said I haven't been around for some time. Uh, they're around, just not as uh, not as talkative, asking about a couple of members of the community. But everybody, I mean... Uh, yes, you may. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa says, may I tangentially add, Nancy Pelosi had, has a bigger swing in Johnson than McCarthy, Gates, and Johnson all combined. She done teabagged these suckers more than a John Holmes porno flick. Oh, Matt. Or, Asa. That's uh, a mental image I didn't need just now, but, well, here we are. But, it, Matt, it just gets worse, is feuding with tough guy Mark Wayne Mullen. And they're having a seventh grade girl slap fight in the full view of the public on social media. He went on shitter and posted a shit, Gates did, attacking Mark Wayne, saying, we should pass a ban on trading stocks. And the graphic that he showed indicated that Mark Wayne went from being a 12 millionaire in 2018 to a 63 millionaire in the present, all with... uh, Nothing more than his $174,000 congressional salary. $174,000 congressional salary. Poor babies. Have you seen rents in D.C.? Do you know how much a single ribeye goes for at the Palm? Right. So that was that was that was snipe one. Mark Wayne came back. He didn't. He didn't try to go over the table and take his rings off to go and take us. No, he reserves that for uh, little guy. Reserves that for uh, the head of the Teamsters. <laughs> Y'all hold me. Don't let me go. I swear to God, don't let go. I... And so uh, Mark Wayne responded saying, "I hear Matt Gates has criticism of hard-earned success." He should try building a business that gains value. It's more gratifying than living off your daddy's money. You want a beer? My daddy's rich. Old story. 
And, uh, I mean, the stock issue is a very real thing. Don't get me wrong. It's just human drive-in movie screen. Yeah, that's sweet. I think we're going to be hanging on to that one. Uh, Republican Mike Garcia from California got outed this week. And not that way. No, he sold off fifty thousand dollars in Boeing uh, in shares of Boeing, even as the committee that he sits on was about to make public a report about the Boeing seven thirty seven Max and its problems falling out of the sky. And then Mike Garcia didn't report the transaction missing the deadline by some two months. Wine on, boys. Uh, let's you and him fight. But then there's uh, Comer Pyle himself. There's a new report out from the Associated Press that does a deep dive into uh, Comer Pyle, datelined at Tompkinsville, Kentucky, Stan. And it points out that Comer Pyle owns about 1,600 acres in and around his rural Kentucky home dirt. But of that 1,600 acres, uh, Brian Sladisco reports that he bought six acres in 2015 and he co-owns it with a campaign contributor of his who's been a long-standing supporter and that he transferred his ownership interest in those six acres to farm team properties which just happens to be a shell company that he set up and co-owns with his one man and one woman Christian family values wife It, and, and the further you dig into this story, the more it looks, dare I say, like Com Comer Pyle got his ideas for what he thinks Hunter Biden did wrong from what he, Comer Pyle, did. Um. Yeah, Comer Pyle has ties to local figures of prominence in his home area. And they have uh, what the reporter here for AP describes as uh, complicated pasts, not all that dissimilar to some of those caught up in his Biden probe. There's nothing transparent for all of Comer Pyle's 
blathering on about, I'm going to deliver transparency about the Biden crime family to the people of the new 90 states of America. Um, yeah, no transparency. Farm team properties, according to the Associated Press, quote, functions in a similarly opaque way as the companies used by the Bidens, masking his stake in the land that he co-owns with the donor from being revealed on his financial disclosure forms. Those records describe farm team properties as his wife's land management and real estate speculation company. And that's pretty much it. All Comer would say in an interview with Fox News TV Radio Rwanda was uh, Farm Team Properties has five different assets and lots of revenue. And then, okay, the 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 sketchy co-owner Darren Cleary, well, he wasn't a content, uh, he wasn't a campaign contributor back when when we bought the property. Um, Comer Pile, first rule of holes. When you're in one, stop digging. On the other hand, however, Darren Cleary has been given to Comer Pyle's political campaigns at least since 2010. Now remember, Farm Team Properties um was formed and the six acres of ground were bought in 2015. Now we all know I suck at ciphering, but I feel pretty confident that 2015 is after the Cleary family started giving money to Comer Pyle by some Five years? Right? Mm-hmm. And that might be why he gets such a case of the red ass Comer Pyle does. Every time Dan Goldman or Jer- uh, Jared Moskowitz ding him about it. Well, I'll sit here and be deposed right by Hunter Biden. I'll bet you will. Kathleen Clark, a law professor at Washington University in St. Louis, interviewed by the Associated Press, said, Ah, this is actually a real problem that anti-corruption activists would love to get legislative reform on. It's hard to trace assets held in shell companies, and Comer's is a good example. Oh, they bought the six acres in 2015. They created farm team properties in 2017. And Cleary, by the way, is not only a campaign contributor, he's a construction contractor from Monroe County, Kentucky. Just happens to be where Comer Pyle was born and bred. Going to raise him in Monroe County. Well, don't plant him too deep. And Cleary's given about $70,000 to the various campaigns of Comer Pyle. And he blows smoke up Comer Pyle's ass on 
social media for fighting for us every day. Post pictures of them on the golf course, you know, fighting for us. On the 12th fairway. And so it was that days after he bought the six acres in question, uh, days after Comer Pyle de- declared that he wanted to go to Congress, those six acres are actually said to be quite valuable. It's right close to the bypass. Farm team property sold off an acre last year for $150,000. That's a lot more than they bought it for. This uh, disclosure forms uh, show that farm team properties itself has gone from uh, a value somewhere between $50,000 and $100,000 in 2016 to somewhere between a half a million and a million dollars in 2022. That's that's some appreciation. And there are a lot of people willing to talk about Comer Pyle. He got control of the Monroe County GOP when he was 21 years old. When his daddy died. Who was chairman of it. Right. He's a Nepo baby. Shortly thereafter, a whole bunch of Republicans who helped Comer get started and done got indicted. And uh, Comer has never disavowed at least two of the guys who got busted, Harlan, or uh, Mitchell Page and Larry Pitcock. Uh, they both did 18 months in, in, in the stir back in 1996 for computer crime. They were trying to mess with the computers in, in the county there so that they wouldn't have to pay, you cheap bastards, taxes on their cars. Hey, can you do that? I can't do that. I mean, I don't like having to pay taxes on my automobile every year, but... Well, I toddle on down to the high sheriff's office and pony up the money so I can get my little sticker. Those are the kind of guys that Comer Pyle pals around with. Going so far on the floor of the house as to praise Mitchell Page and Comer Pyle thanked him for his principled leadership. Now, this is a felon. And the Pitcock family's given him about nine grand. Comer's old college buddy and buddy after college, a fellow named Billy Prophet. No, really, because the goddess of irony is everywhere. Uh, Billy Prophet got busted for voter fraud in 2011. He pled guilty. He got probation. 
And Comer even has uh, some allegations in his past of abuse of a girlfriend in college. Marilyn Thomas told the Louisville Courier-Journal that Comer Pyle hit her, that the relationship they had was toxic, that he became enraged in 1991 when he learned that she had used his name on a form she submitted before she got an abortion. Hmm? And uh, apparently Comer's nickname is Jamie. And the felon, Billy Prophet, who engaged in voter fraud, said, well, that doesn't sound like Jamie at all. I never heard I never heard about that woman getting an abortion. A spokes creep. Uh, no, Billy Prophet said the business about uh, Comer Pyle's uh, shell company. It was much ado about nothing. Uh, the voter fraud felon said... Uh, uh, he's a loyal friend and a good man who comes from a really, really good family. Okay. So, you might want to go and have a look at this AP story. Because it's making the rounds and getting some legs. As to stock trades, Matt in San Francisco says there's an app out there that reports out the trading of Congress people. These two guys created it after researching and seeing that the folks in Congress were overtime killing it in the stock market. Overtime, yes. Not overtime. They did it on the clock. I think Congress folks have to report their trades within a certain time period. I can't remember the name of the app. Probably worth looking into. Might be. But while we're still on Comer Pyle, and by the way, we've crossed into the second hour of the program. Lines are open if there's something on your mind. Be under your bonnet, burr under your saddle. Burr under your bonnet, be under your saddle. No judgment. But you can reach the program via the stress line, 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. Uh, you can get in on a, another line, 304-574-8178, or you can reach the Skype line, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N, and that'll get you in there. If you've never sent a contact request to me at that Skype address, feel free, please. And, of course, yeah, we've got $1,240 on the fundraising uh, there's a challenge on the table, the Jasmine Crockett Math Ain't Mathin Challenge, courtesy of Ralph's, that would get us down to uh, 1,190, if met, $25 challenge. Anybody with $25, Ralph's will double it. So that would be wonderful. Meanwhile, if you're listening to the... Uh, podcast please don't forget to like the episode make sure you're subscribed to a couple of platforms and um, leave a comment please and thank you if you'd like to help the reach of this program to get further 
Uh, Randy Radar said, what happened to the original five-vote advantage? Well, Matt, it just gets worse. You know, it's basically 20, what was it, 2022 to 2012. That's 10, so that means that five. So McCarthy goes, Johnson goes, Gates is gone. I mean, not Gates, um, I'm sorry, uh, George Anthony DeVolder. Vince Lombardi Santos is gone. And pretty soon you're down to even. But but like I said, while we're on Comer Pile, leave Comer alone. Um, it appears that what he thinks is lead pipe cinch evidence of the crookedness of the Biden crime family is actually just something that's been banging around out there in the conspiracy corners of the interweb tubes for a while. He showed up on Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, this morning. And unburdened himself of the conspiracy theory in question. Uh, Based on... uh, $24 $24 million has been run through a series of shell companies, and then they laundered the money down to the Biden family members, 10 Biden family members. Uh, this happened in an interview with Maria Bartiromo, who's all in on election fraud and stopped the steal, and she's just a maggot. She asked Comer Pyle what his evidence was. Six different banks accused the Bidens of money laundering. That's a serious crime. Well, what he thinks is an accusation is called a suspicious activity report. Now, the Thomson Reuters Institute ran the numbers for 2022 and said there were 3.6 million suspicious activity reports filed just in 2022. They suggested that this year's numbers will be even higher, and we'll set records. There's only one problem with a suspicious activity report. It is not an accusation by a bank that there's money laundering taking place. It's not an accusation of an individual of money laundering. Comer Pyle, meanwhile, said, "Uh, We know they got tens of billions of dollars from bad people in bad countries. We don't know exactly what they did, but we fear Joe Biden's compromised. But he's not compromised by the 12, but Nero's not compromised by the 12 to 14 countries he did take money from. Uh, We figure this is one reason that Biden's soft on China. Uh, We have specific policy decisions that Joe Biden made while he's vice president and president that we fear were made because he's compromised. 
he's got fears. And, of course, he, he, he operates in this entire committee, the majority side of the committee operates in that same mindset that, say, people like, oh, Pink Shrek, Joe Rogaine operate, you know, jacking off, J-A-Q, just asking questions. We're just asking questions. We ain't got no evidence, but we're just asking questions. And then we got this. Uh, we fear this is one reason that he obviously fired the prosecutor who was investigating Hunter's corrupt energy company in Ukraine when he's vice president. He's talking about Burisma. There we go, Emilio. Okay. Hunter Biden stole the first brick at Stonewall, and then Joe Biden threw it at Jesus. I mean, Trump. Well played. There's only one problem with the whole Burisma thing. They're still believing the conspiracy theory that they promulgated during the first Trump impeachment. That somehow or another... Joe Biden, as the vice president of the United States, had higher and firepower over the prosecutor general in Ukraine. Thing is, though, the guy in question, one Viktor Shokin, was actually fired by the Ukrainian parliament. And they did so at the suggestion of the European Union, curiously not run by Joe Biden, the International Monetary Fund, also not run by Joe Biden, the World Bank, see above, see also Jews, right? And, of course, the United States, because it was the stated policy of the Barack Obama administration that, in fact, weak door Shokin was crooked as a dog's hind leg, uh, dirty, dirty as a hog in a waller, and was a corrupt little tool for Pootie Poot, who was probably robbing Ukraine blind. As far back as 2019, outlets like USA Today were saying, Burisma Holdings was not under scrutiny at the time Joe Biden called for Shokin's ouster, according to the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, an independent agency set up in 2014 that has worked closely with the FBI. Shokin's office had investigated Burisma, but the probe focused on a period before Hunter Biden joined the company, according to the Anti-Corruption Bureau. Then there's the Bloomberg article from 2019. Headline, Ukraine prosecutor says no evidence of wrongdoing by Bidens. Shokin was replaced by one Yuri Litsenko, interviewed by Bloomberg. He said, I do not want Ukraine to again be the subject of U.S. presidential elections. Hunter Biden did not violate any Ukrainian laws, at least as of now. We do not see any wrongdoing. A company can pay however much it wants to its board. Absolutely true. What is also true is that Nitwit Nero tried to engage in bribery 
to strong arm the Ukrainian government to gin up some bullshit false evidence on the Biden family, particularly on Hunter and his daddy. But, you know, Comer Pyle just blows right past that. I think there's at least a decent chance that this blows up in the Republicans' faces because, again, as as was the case, and they they think it's going to be a winner for them, I guess. This is just the same game plan that they ran with um, Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. And you'll recall with Benghazi back when that happened, some Republicans actually admitted, hey, we're just doing this to try to hurt her presidential chances. And then got some barking and grunting going about the Clinton-Bush dynasty, which, of course, was then immediately echoed by Jill fucking Stein. And, of course, that bag of bile is running again. Even the lotus has to rise from the mud. Oh, my head. It hurts. So there it is. The entire underpinning of the... of. of uh, Their impeachment inquiry is an easily debunked conspiracy theory, but they don't care. As long as they think that they can weaken Joe Biden among people who, well, only watch selected information silos. On an update to the uh, Kramer story, we talked about it last night and a few nights before that. Um, U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota uh, has a son, Ian, and his son, Ian, has now been charged with homicide. He was initially charged on uh, with manslaughter. But today, the prosecutors boosted the charge to homicide while fleeing a peace officer. That is a felony. Punishable by up to 20 years in prison. The original manslaughter charge only carried up to 10 years. And along the way, the prosecutors also, wait for it, charged Ian Kramer with uh, more counts based on the illegal possession of drugs.
the chase involved Ian Kramer fleeing from law enforcement at speeds of greater than 100 miles an hour. Ian Kramer survived the crash. The Mercer County, North Dakota Sheriff's deputy did not. Owen, uh, let's check in real quick with counsel for the parking garage. Uh, uh, no, before I leave, Kevin Kramer and his son, Ian, again, my heart goes out to him. But if this bullshit about Hunter Biden's drug problems persists, how are people not supposed how are people supposed to avoid the obvious comparison with 42-year-old Ian Kramer? You know, the family says he has me- suffers from mental illness. Mentally ill people do sometimes use illegal drugs. Or it could just be that Ian Kramer has some sort of horrifying drug problem. You know, kind of like what Hunter Biden was dealing with when he was in the depths of his addiction. Things like crack are terrifying. Look what it did to Mike Lindell's brain, even though he claims to be clean. Coke brain is a thing. As Robin Williams once famously noted, cocaine makes you feel like a new man. The only problem is a half hour later, the new man wants a line too. But, um, no, let's uh, let's check in with counsel for the parking garage, Alina Havana 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 Havana. Apparently she has humiliated herself in an appeals court in a hearing about Michael Cohen. It has to do with the way he was imprisoned. Uh, Back during COVID, he was told by the Bureau of Prisons he could only be allowed out on home confinement if he agreed never to speak to the press or write anything about Donald Trump. He said no, and they put him back in jail, put him in solitary. He went to court. The court found that his First Amendment rights had been violated, and mid-pandemic he was released. His lawyer, John Michael Doherty, said, We're here to vindicate every American's right to freely speak about 
their government without fear of imprisonment. We're here because Donald Trump, with the help of his attorney general and officials at the Bureau of Prisons, attempted to use the prisons to silence Michael Cohen. They failed only because the courts stopped the abuse. And so, uh, Nitwit Nero, with his promises of retribution, should he take office again, and uh, Alina Habana 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 was part of a hearing in which uh, commentary was offered by Cohen's lawyers, the Justice Department, and counsel for the parking garage. Arguments were less than 30 minutes. Each side got 10. Counsel for the parking garage, well, um, Justice Department lawyers got a um, grilling, but they're pros and they handled it. But then, discussing a case called Bibbins, one of the judges, one of the appellate judges said, what would deter a president from engaging in behavior like this if we don't use Bibbins? This is all at the Second Circuit, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. And Alina Habana 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 then replied, well, uh, Bibbins isn't part of this. And then she decided to cite instead Nixon versus Fitzgerald. That's a case where a, a civilian analyst was fired from the Air Force after testifying before a congressional committee about waste, fraud, and abuse. The judge cut off counsel for the parking garage and said, so you're basically conceding there's no deterrence available? There's nothing to deter? And counsel for the parking garage said, well, I mean, uh, the deterrence was when Cohen got released, even though my client did what he did. The judge said, what's deterring behavior like this again? And she said, well, because the judge stopped it the first time. And then this. The biggest prevention is separation of powers. And apparently on the audio recording, you can hear the frustration of the judge. Okay, so the allegation, and again, we're at this point where we need to take the allegations, was that someone pulled strings to retaliate against someone related to a personal vendetta. And we talked about this concept in yesterday's edition as well. How does that fall within a president's official capacity as an office holder? You know, vendetta, enemies lists, that kind of thing. Hint, it doesn't. Well, first of all, before I'm willing to answer that, Your Honor, I have to say that the complaint does not have facts that President Trump did it. 
It's an allegation based on Mr. Cohen's interpretation of what happened when he was trying to get out on release. At least in the Nixon case, there was an actual recording that caught him in the act. In this case, he has absolutely no facts. It's a Michael Cohen assumption. And working with three members of Congress, Cohen has been pursuing the proof of the vendetta. At first, the government said, oh, there's no such evidence. But now there are uh, too many documents, almost a half a million of them, that actually touch upon Cohen's queries about his case and the fact that he was punished for making them. And so the appellate, appellate judge said to the uh, counsel for the parking garage, so you're saying it's too conclusory for us to credit? Absolutely. And then the judge sprung the trap. Uh, have you ever heard of Blessing Game v. Trump? Uh, not off the top of my head, Your Honor. That's a case from last week. You know, during the time period in which she's counsel for the same Trump that's in Blessing Game v. Trump. Blessing Game v. Trump says that Nitwit Nero does not have absolute immunity in civil cases. That's the case that was brought by the Capitol Police who were injured during the domestic terror attack of January 6, 2021. But she's never heard of it. And she said, but 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 it it, it still has to take a, a, a back seat to Bivens. And she got taken to school again. Oh this woman needs to be doing title searches, okay? And I wouldn't even feel particularly good about those. The judge said, Bibbins is about official acts. Blasting game is about presidential immunity. So, Alina said, he admits that the president is working within his job as the president of the United States, and his complaint fails under absolute immunity. So, frankly, it fails at two levels. And then she blathered on for about another minute, and the judge just said, "I think, uh, I thank you for your time. My colleagues don't have any questions." That's a that's an appellate court way of saying, "Counselor, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up." That's some lawyer he's got. But hey, she streaked her hair to look just like melanoma, so. Yeah. There we are. And we are at the halfway point of the program. 
Ralph's challenge is still extant. Um, Stephen New York says she was thinking Bivens. What a moron. And adds, uh, SARS, suspicious activity reports, uh, it's nothing but an, an administrative device. I worked on these for a consulting company doing work for a large Korean bank. What triggers one is if there is a deposit, wire, other activity over a certain threshold. As I recall, it's more than $10,000. That's the only trigger. Let's revisit this Burisma issue with firing the prosecutor. First of all, the EU, U.S., and good government NGOs were in favor of the firing because he would not investigate Burisma for bribing two Ministry of Farming bureaucrats to obtain government contracts illegally. He was actually covering for Burisma. And look, let's be fair here. I remember when the news broke that Hunter Biden had been given a seat on the Burisma board. And I confess that it gave me a case of the this is not going to this is not going to end well. In large part, and this is before the war started, because I oppose fracking. And fracking is not a bridge fuel to a clean energy future. Fracking is not quite as filthy as coal. Frack gas isn't. But not quite as filthy as coal is still filthy. And it still contributes to roasting the planet to sufficient levels that make it impossible for human beings to live on it. So, yeah, no, um, and I, I imagine at this point in time, Hunter Biden's may be asking, you know, why did I ever do that? Because it all sort of, and I'll admit this, I'm not saying any, anything criminal took place. I don't think anything criminal did take place. Sorry, that wasn't funny, and it didn't deserve a cowbell. I just knocked it over. It gets a little crowded back here. Again, I'm not saying anything criminal took place, but this is the Caesar's wife standard. Caesar's wife must be beyond and above reproach. as codified for the judiciary, for instance, in the idea that judges must avoid the the appearance of impropriety. And you knew the Republicans were going to jump on this. Because They'll jump on anything and turn it in, turn it, turn a nothing into a great big nothing burger that they will serve up day after day after day on Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, Newsmuck, and Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground, and over there on that rickety ass platform of uh, the guy who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, and all manner of other dead, dead, dead enders and hard cases of the Republican disinformation machine. 
Uh, Steve says, board member of Burisma? You mean he traded on his famous name? The horror. How dare he? Yeah, the same way that Jared did, and Precious Princess I Wanka my daddy Trump Kushner, and Junior, and Eric the Dumber. Nepo babies. I know. So there's uh, that. Nitwit Nero is getting a little bit tired. Of all the people who are saying that he's slipping. Or as our dear friend Todd says, he ain't going to make it. He had a campaign clavering event in Coralville, Iowa. Yesterday, at which point he informed the uh, he, he he informed the mouth walking, knuckle breathing uh, crowd that I passed my most recent physical with flying colors. And hey, Ronnie Jackson, Candyman, yeah, I love you. You're awesome. He went on to say, I'd want them to tell me if it was time to pack it in. You know what? I'm sharper now than I was 20 years ago when I was 57. And I'm a much better gother. He cheats more subtly now. And and the the lion press, the Lugan press, uh, the fake news media make me look like I'm bumbling around stages and don't know where I am. Uh, sir, you're, uh, you're in Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. Man, person, man, woman, camera, TV. Totally sharp. Absolutely sharp. And more and more, you know, we talked yesterday about um, Mullah Moses Mike Johnson and how his daddy was saved by a miracle that formed the core of my my faith and then hung his uh, daddy out and and his stepmom and everybody in the uh, environmental citizen action group in the greater Shreveport area out to dry ignoring the 15 million pounds was it of toxic munitions that they were that uh, the government was going to destroy in an open burn for everybody to breathe the toxins, and then Mike Johnson's daddy died of cancer in 2016, and it Nero is conveniently there to become the new daddy.
um, and the Moses business and all of his his grift and graft with various and sundry uh, tax-exempt Jesus dodges. Uh, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells has got the long knives out from all of Mike now. Remember, at the beginning of the program, we had the clip of Jasmine Crockett saying, yeah, they're... Who knows how many more speakers this majority is going to have in the 118th Congress? We'll just have to wait and see. You wonder if Matt at just gates worse will file a preemptive strike or if Craven McCarthy will be the one who files the preemptive strike in a motion to expel. Matt, it just gates worse. Running out of time. Oh, Coralville? I thought you were going to say that uh, Tangerine Tiberius said, Oh, it's that Coral Gables is in Florida. Give it time. But no, uh, Stevie Three Shirts, who, by the way, remains convicted of two counts of contempt of Congress, but is still walking free because of a horrible ruling by a maggot judge. Stevie Three Shirts has the long knives out for Mullah Moses Mike over the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, which passed and caused Madge Sporkfoot to have a fit and is causing Stevie Three Shirts to have a conniption too. With the Republican House, and don't sit there and tell me we own one, we only control one third of one half. That's all crap. If you had to, uh, by the way, he's got on the split screen with him, Peter Navarro. This should be fun. Stones and the balls. You could shut this thing down right now. The NDA just passed. It just passed. This is Mike Johnson, and don't tell me you're a Christian. I don't want to hear you're a Christian. Don't wear your faith. Don't give me the Bible. I don't hear more Bible verse. When you've allowed the transgender, you've allowed all that garbage, all that tra- demonic trash throughout the defense budget that you want. Oh, I feel triggered. Demonic trash? Hey, Steve. Boo. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, can somebody get uh, Vigo from Ghostbusters to maybe visit Steve tonight? Wonder why you wonder why you can't get you wonder why you can't get uh, that you can't get, uh, kids, you know, red-blooded American boys and girls to get into the military. With what you've done in this neo-Marxism and this cultural rot. Homo nomo. Postmodern neo-Marxism. You wonder why you can't get kids. Red-blooded American kids. I mean, my blood's a little pink. Never mind. 
maybe red-blooded American kids aren't joining the military because they might almost be old enough or maybe have heard the stories of how a Republican president back at the beginning of this century, before they were born, started a war of choice and got thousands of American service personnel sent home in the beginning in cardboard boxes all for a war of lies maybe they don't want to join up because they don't want to have their lives thrown away by a corrupt commander in chief but of course according to Stevie Three Shirts here they don't want to join up because they might have to join up and fight alongside the trannies and the queers the rest of the queers. Apparently, queerness uh, affects one's ability to push a button to launch a missile or squeeze a trigger to fire a rifle. I was watching a documentary the other night, last weekend. Uh, it was restored footage from the World War II era in color. And it really did kind of make a difference to see all these people walking around in color. And my, a lot of them were kids. You know, the Second World War was won by young people for the most part. My dad went off to the South Pacific when he was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old, I went off to Missouri. Not quite the same. But one of the things that the documentary pointed out was that one of the ways in which Stalin broke the back of the Wehrmacht was that he ordered the Russian Red Army to recruit a million Russian women, teach them how to operate machine guns and clean and fire rifles and how to be a member of an infantry drive a tank so forth in other words be soldiers and those one million Russian women proved to be one hell of a fighting force and broke the back of the Wehrmacht on the Eastern Front. Eventually leading to the downfall of the Third Reich from the East as the other Allies crushed them from the West. But I'm sure, yeah, no, no, can't have any of the women. I mean, remember Tommy the Tuber? He doesn't want any women's in the military. Cis or trans, right? It's Robin's fault, says Matt in San Francisco. So it's the transgender, transgender community that's affecting the military's recruiting. When do you fit that into your schedule? Before or after lunch, Robin? Uh, you know, I try to. I, I wake up in the morning, Matt, and I check my blood sugar. 103 this morning. I was pretty happy about that. 
check my blood sugar and go and make my first cup of decaf. And then I uh, get together with the other members of the trans agenda and uh, we uh, undermine military recruiting, uh, not even before lunch, but before breakfast. You, Matt, that's the kind of thing you have to get after early if you want to be effective. Oh, and going back to uh, Burisma and Hunter Biden being put on the board. Brother Deacon Asa says, I remember it like it was yesterday. You were on the phone with Mr. Stress around May 20th to 30th, 2014. Upon learning that Hunter was appointed board member at Burisma, you both went, oh, great. Just be, um, um, Look, just because you can do something doesn't always mean you should. Make sense? Yeah, but yeah, it, it is, Matt. It's uh, it's all my fault. And sometimes I consult with Miss Terry on it. Uh, Jessica is in on it, uh, and and of course uh, Cynthia in the Bay Area. She is uh, she's of counsel and emerita uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the you know, the agenda. Well, before the before our brains leak entirely out of our ears, let's go back to the clip blooded american boys and girls to get into the military with what you've done in this neo-marxism and this cultural rot that now you have taxpayers paying for in almost a trillion dollars and you allowed this to happen when the commitment the commitment if you can't get the majority the majority doesn't go to the floor the hazard rule but you waive that to get this there because you're playing footsie with mitch mcconnell schumer and you're just as bad as the bun guys because you should know better so I don't need to hear any more biblical review, okay? I saw in action. Your intentions don't matter. The only thing that matters is your human agency and what you deliver. What you deliver. So don't give me the biblical worldview. I saw it in the NDA. Your biblical worldview is manifested there. So don't do another prayer group. We don't, I don't, what I need is Christians at the ramparts prepared to stand in the breach in what we call the gap. It's not easy. You're going to get criticized on MSNBC. Mitch McConnell's going to say bad things about you. The donor's going to say this and I do. Screw them. You either believe it or you don't believe it. Get out there and suck up some bullets. No, actually, it's more like they're, uh, you know, get out there and pile up the bundles of wood around the feet of the queers. Project 2025, y'all, not trying to trigger anybody, but it's real. And it's got real believers. And if they get the House and they get the Senate and they get the, 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 the presidency, whew, uh, a lot of us may become refugees. I remember from his concurrence in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Fappy's out there saying, come on, bring me some of them queer cases. We got to revisit it and strike down that gay marriage. Girl hopes she might get married again someday. I'd hate to see that happen. You know? 
But all that you, 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 you in that clip is him speaking to Mullah Moses Mike Johnson. And, oh, they are pissed about the NDAA because uh, family, military family members who happen to get pregnant and not want to be can actually go and... Access abortion care. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you've seen by now. <laughs> oh, there's no bottom. There's no basement. Every time you find the trap door. Hey, I found the trap door. No, go on down. You'll find another one. It's trap doors all the way down, sugar. I guess you've seen by now that Nitwit Nero claims that he is selling off swatches of the suit that he wore when he went and got arrested in Hotlanta. Yes, yes, the maggots are free to buy a tiny little postage stamp piece of cloth that allegedly comes from one of his suits. And God knows there's probably a lot of fabric in those suits, I'm not saying I was once so big, and he and I are, look, I'm not proud of the fact that back in the day, for several years in the before time, every time somebody posted a picture of him, I'd get tagged and say, do you want to tag yourself in this in this photo of you? Thanks, sucker dweeb. At least that's over now. But there was a time when I wore, my, my, my suit size was 52 long, y'all. Because I was really unhappy. And I was eating my feelings and maybe trying to kill myself passively. I don't know. I think I went through a period of congestive heart failure. It was not fun. But I survived. And now, and, and you know, ever since December the 31st, 2020, you know why. But yeah, he's selling off swatches of his 54 big and long, tall, corpulent, whatever. And they finally heard about it over on uh, My Filthy Morning Habit today. Court filing, arguing against a request by Smith's teams to expedite Donald Trump's presidential immunity appeal. The former president's attorneys compare the special counsel to the Grinch. This is not a joke. The filing reads in part, quote, it is as if the special counsel growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. But how? The court did grant the special counsel's request. Now, that would, uh, just so we're clear, that wasn't the morning zoo crew clowning around. That is an actual court filing, a quote from an actual court filing by an actual Trump pettifogger. A Grinch reference in a serious court filing. Mm-hmm to speed up the appeal. 
In his reply, Smith did not respond to the comparison, but did point out that if the appeals court issued a ruling consistent with his recommended schedule, the Trump team's brief would be due by December 23rd. The court approved the schedule last night. And there's so many parallels, like the former president who stole women's rights, Willie. Yeah, I mean, you don't see Dr. Seuss invoked very often, do you, in, in legal documents that way? Not sure what they were getting at. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's federal election interference case is on hold this morning. Judge Tanya Chutkin granted the former president's request to halt proceedings while awaiting the results of his presidential immunity appeal. Trump's lawyers appealed the judge's earlier ruling that presidential immunity did not shield him from charges that he attempted to overturn the 2020 election. Trump has pleaded not guilty to all of the charges. In a bid to move the appeal along more quickly, special counsel Jack Smith has asked both the U.S. Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court to expedite their decisions. And then there's this. As Donald Trump's <laughs> legal bills continue to mount, he literally is selling the suit off of his back to make more money. You may remember last year, the former president announced a digital trading card collection featuring these images of him as George Washington crossing the Delaware, a WWE champion. Possible. Well, now Trump is back with what he's calling the mugshot edition of those cards, featuring a very special deal for a limited time only. For the first time, we're creating a real physical Trump card. Purchase 47 digital cards and we'll mail you a beautiful trading card. It is an authentic piece of the suit I wore when I took that now famous mugshot. And it was a great suit. Believe me, a really good suit. It's all cut up and you're going to get a piece of it. I wish I looked as good as I do on those cards. That I can tell you. They give me muscles where, believe me, I don't have them. I wanted to keep my Trump digital trading cards at the same price, $99 each. Collect your own exclusive piece of American history. This is real, y'all. We'll all have fun together. Have a good life. <laughs> what does that mean? We'll what? all have fun together. Have a good life. Wow. As you heard there, Trump mentioning uh, digital cards cost $99 a piece. I don't know a lot about digital cards. That sounds like a lot. So you have to fork over close to $5,000 in order to get a physical card. And yes, a cut up piece of the suit Trump is seen wearing in the mugshot. The fine print at the bottom of the video also mentioned the cards are NFTs or non-fungible tokens. What it doesn't mention is the market for NFTs crashed last year, making them almost completely worthless. Mike, we're getting, I well, mean, we're getting into a, a new place when you're buying uh, <laughs> garments from someone, pieces of the garments to collect and I don't know, play with at home or whatever. We're getting, we're knocking on the door. Uh, yeah, but hold on, how new is it? How how long is it since Reverend Ike was selling uh, sweaty pa prayer hankies? Eh? Right? Yeah. Oh, and uh, hi, Cynthia. Cynthia said, hey, 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 I'm a taxpayer, and I bet I pay more taxes than that rat-fucking pious bastard does. Like I told Malloy, I pay taxes so the rich don't have to, the mooching fucking freeloaders. I have no doubt that you're, what you say there, Cynthia, is the absolute God's honest and unfly-blown truth. 
Here's a locket of my hair to keep in your pocket. But imagine the joy that that could bring to millions of American families, you know, who have been preoccupied with school safety, with guns in school, school shootings, things like that, preoccupied with the fact that, you know, they're having difficulty paying their rent, preoccupied with the fact that they lost their health care coverage. But this gives them the opportunity to get a picture or a piece of the president's clothing and a digital coin, I guess, or the beautiful cards that are going to transform people's lives. He's just trying to make people happy, Willie. Mike. He's just trying to make people happy. I want you to have, have a good life, Mike. Have a good life. So, Jen, have a good uh, life. there is the other question that we pose many times as Donald Trump hustles his own voters for uh, walking around money to him. He is, or he claims to be a billionaire. He, he claims to be very wealthy, and yet he continues to hold up his own voters, working class people, for money to pay his legal bills. <laughs> I mean, I just can't move on from the suit. Like, it's the Berlin Wall, you all. Like, how they, like, broke up little pieces of the Berlin. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I'm, like, not, I'm not often just astounded by him, but that whole, oh, my, the, 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 the whole video was just astounding. Also, to tell us all to have a nice life mm. after we buy his, his NFTs and a scrap of the, of the suit. I mean, Wow. Yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm speechless. You know, Scram. I don't know what all the naysaying is about, guys. I saw that ad and I just got my Christmas shopping done, so I'm Attaboy. all set. So thank you. <laughs> you. So you can all look for that under the under the tree, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. But it shows where we are and how uh, whether these sell well or not. The fact that the president of the United States, a former president of the United States, is trivializing what is the mugshot. He's used it as he's used it as a campaign fundraiser, and now he's using it. For these, um, it, 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 it is where our politics are right now, and that's not a good place. And I guess it goes without saying that you never really know if you're actually getting a piece of that of suit, if you would really yeah, want it. Remember Trump's stakes, but okay, let's, oh, we, we digress. Still ahead. One Remember Trump's stakes. Woof. Stop it. Uh, the Morning Joe crew, Stephen New York says, has been taking graduate-level snark classes well, who do you think the professor is? And, uh, uh, hey, Christopher. Christopher out in Oregon. Dingleberry Donnie trading cards. Heaven only knows what that piece of his suit smells like. Probably a cross between Bannon's fold mold and Rudy's oily flop sweat. Jesus, you came hot at 7 p.m., 4 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Christopher, you came hard for dinner with that one. Heaven only knows what that piece of his suit smells like. Probably a cross between Bannon's fold mold and Rudy's oily flop sweat. $4,700 for 47 cards with fake muscle Donnie playing pretend superhero. Can I just settle for the Marv Albert Mugshot Edition trading card? I only need one. Sorry, no, that's not how it works. Um, like Just fleshing this out a little bit more, Steve pointed out the thing is, as I recall, a person gets it free after buying 47 NFTs, which means they're not even physical. You can't... Yeah. At $99 each, yes, you've got it. If you spend $4,653 on digital cards, you get a swatch of Orange Jesus's robe. They really are a simple lot, aren't they? 
course, the, the, the problem is that Emory and Marveline are going to have to learn how to work a computer in order to see their 47 NFTs. Of course, they'll be able to physically mount their postage stamp-sized swatch of sketchy fabric on the wall there right next to their <laughs> clock with Jesus pointing at the face. Jesus, would you look at the time? Hi, Scott, wherever you are. Emery and Marveline will be so damn proud. Coralville, Iowa, Rip Billable Rick, serving as our Horn Ad Hoc Iowa Research Department. While attending the University of Iowa in the mid-80s, I lived for one year in an apartment in Coralville, a quiet bedroom community near Iowa City. My roommate was a Saudi national and member of the royal family who was also a student at the University of Iowa. He ruined his car because he had no idea that it was necessary to add oil to an engine. Hmm. Wealth privilege. That was so long ago and far away, before maggots were even a figment in the nation's imagination, and before Orange Jesus entered politics to save them. By the way, have you bought your Trump trading card yet? Are you kidding me, Billable? We got a $1,240 fundraising goal here. We got a $25 matching challenge that has gone two hours unanswered. I don't think I could even buy a Pixel. Assuming for a moment that I wanted one. Third hour of the program is underway. It would be great if we could do some fundraising so I can do some bill paying. So they had their fun there on my filthy morning habit with uh, the latest, uh, the the latest this way to the egress moment from the Trump campaign. Mm, but then. Uh, uh, well, uh, I guess we can say that uh, Jehoshaphat got righteously indignant. Jones Industrial Average is going to close above 37,000 for the first time ever. I, I, I've got to say, Willie, it's, uh, it's amazing that he said that. Stock market crash, all-time record high yesterday. Donald Trump, at the same time Donald Trump is saying Joe Biden has gotten us into a depression. The numbers are really strong across most of the sectors. You've got actually economists who had been predicting a recession saying that's not going to happen. We're going to have this smooth landing and that, that we're going to also most likely have three interest rate cuts next year. This reminds me a lot of 1983, Ronald Reagan uh, strapped with a very bad economy in 1983. His approval rating got as low as 35 percent. He averaged 41 percent uh, approval ratings on Gallup throughout 1983. That's about where Joe Biden is right now. You have, again, you have this economy zooming up and it's going to follow. Voters are going to, again, start feeling this more and telling pollsters this more. But I, I got one thing that bothers me, Willie. Just one thing. You and I both know. Just one thing. It's a Colombo moment. That I want to use. It begins with <laughs> D. Um, I'll just say fellas. They're fellas driving around in convertible Porsches. Okay. You know, you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And they're driving around their convertible Porsches. 
Oh. They're, go they're pulling into their country clubs. Mm -hmm. They're getting out. They're having their caddies run up and get their bags. They're going out. They're going to the clubhouses. Like with their, with their I don't know how much Rolex watches cost. Let's say $30,000 Rolex watches that they first bought. They can't get through their conversation. Oh, Joe, you plebeian. They're not Rolexes, please. They're Patek Philippe's. Him living in New York City, you'd think he'd know. Stations at like the grill, men's grill, because they keep looking. I'm serious. If their stock, mm -hmm. their stock counters to see how much money they'll go. I made sixteen thousand dollars just in the time I sat down here, and then they'll go out and for eighteen holes they'll bitch about how. Joe Biden is a socialist who's ruining the economy. It <laughs> happens nonstop. These D, these D it's guys. A French, it's a French who, word, isn't it? Yeah. It's a French word. Uh, I think it ends with an E. But they, they drive around their Maseratis <laughs> and their Porsches and their convertible Mercedes. They talk about how horrible the economy is. They made. Oh, Joe is playing. A, it, it, he's working a little bit on the blue side of the room, isn't he? These D people. Day traders? See, I'm just a simple country girl. Day traders. But that ends in R. Hmm, whatever could he mean? Millions and millions on Joe Biden's economy. Some billions and billions. And they attack him as a socialist. It's just pure garbage. Yeah, I know exactly the person you're talking about, or the people you're talking about, and I understand the word you're, you're using. I had, not to reveal too much, I, I've had that conversation with that person that you're describing just within the last week, as a matter of fact, and bringing up wow. all the things that uh, you just brought up. And, and now 37,000 is the Dow, the Wall Street Journal, the front page is covered in stories about how, yes, it looks like there will be a soft landing. No, it looks like we hope now that there won't be a recession and in fact we're turning the corner to a place where rates are going to come down people can get back into the housing market hopefully rents are coming down so these are all positive indicators but what you've done is folded in the politics of this and when you say all that they go yeah yeah biden he's he's old man he may not even be on the ballot this year you know all, all the things they run to different places and when you put together, this is an amazing tweet from Donald Trump, when you put together the politics with the economy, this is in 2019, then President Trump tweeted this, quote, you mean the stock market hit an all-time record high today and they're actually talking about impeachment? Wow. Will I ever be oh. given credit for anything, wrote Donald Trump in 2019. Wow. There you have it. You know what they say, there's a tweet for everything, Joe. There there is is. Well, there is, and that's 2019, and by the same time the next year, all those gains would be erased by a pandemic that he let run loose and free in the United States of America. But, well, we remember that, don't we? For everything. And you know, the new thing on Fox is uh, Joe Biden hasn't accomplished anything. They just can't think of anything he's accomplished. That'll be the line. Well, so, uh, oh, Joe, God, Joe, don't even all, start all on Joe that. Joe Biden's accomplished as well. Um, I mean, more we're... bipartisan legislation than any president since probably LBJ. Bipartisan legislation and uh, more job growth uh, than any president uh, in, in, in ages. Uh, he's doing better economically in, in every area 
except for Donald Trump, save inflation. That's because we came out of COVID and, and those numbers are going down now. But again, it's, it's crazy. These people that are rich as hell talking about like, like making hundreds of millions of dollars, making billions of dollars, they put on their little vests and they go to conferences and they talk about how Joe Biden- I still Biden, want to know the word. You know the word, dear. Uh, but they put on their little vests- Dear? Uh, to hide their fat stomachs. And they go out there and, and they talk about how Joe Biden is like, oh, he's, he sucks as a president, he's too old, and he's a socialist. He doesn't believe in people making money. The economy's wrecked. And I hear this all the time, Joe Biden's ruining America. He's ruining the economy. Oh, is he really? Record highs, Willie. Record highs. And they're going to, you know what they're going to do today? They're going to go out and they're either going to buy like, uh, 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 like a, a portion of a, uh, you know, a partnership in a private jet today because they're making so much money. Or they'll buy a Lamborghini and they'll like drive down, uh, you know, some you know, Westchester Main Street going 80 miles an hour for two. I mean, come on. There's a movie out right now about Ferraris. Joe, pick up the, get with the zeitgeist. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Adam Driver plays Enzo Ferrari. They're saying it's the best car movie ever made, Joe. And you're talking about Porsches and Lamborghinis? Ferraris. Ferraris, Joe. I mean, personally, I favor Porsches. Two seconds and then have to go to a stoplight. And then they'll rev their engine at the stoplight. Then they go 80 miles an hour for another four seconds. Then they'll stop, you know, and they'll have their Trump 2024 bumper sticker talking about how Joe Biden's a socialist. And then they'll get in a wreck because they're going to be looking at how much money they're making per minute uh, because of the economy that's okay. that they Joe Biden has salvaged from Donald Trump. Hey, hold on now. Doc on it. You know, this program kind of started with a note from our pal Dr. Allen talking about EVs and their efficiencies and whatnot. Are, are, are all these D guys, I, and I, I hope they told Mika the word during a break or something. And by the way, that purple shawl she was wearing today absolutely made her pretty blue eyes pop. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not, I'm, no, I, I She's been looking very, very fashionable of late. That purple really, that's a pretty purple. Um, almost kind of like a, 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 a very bright lilac. And Joe's got his green tie on. And uh, Willie's wearing his... Uh, his uh, Country day school blue and green reptile. They got it going on. But Joe, really, get with the EV revolution. Those those high-end EVs are freaking amazing. Of course, Leon Scum got every car his company has ever built recalled the other day. He's not real noisy about it. 
but apparently there was a software issue that made the autopilot not quite as autopilot as people who would like to continue to stay alive would like it to be. Now you don't have if, if you don't have to take your your Tesla into the shop or anything. This will just be an over the air uh, firmware upgrade. You know from Skynet, whatever. But that's that's a that's a question worth asking because you know went, oh I prefer Porsches. I haven't owned a Porsche in. 21 years. Still dream about it, though. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, I love those cars because I love driving. The physical act of operating a motor vehicle. And, of course, the the D guys sitting in A's revving. But if they had an EV, there wouldn't be any revving. Because the neat thing about an EV is all that torque is right there. Yours for the taking the minute the light turns green. There's no revving. It's just there. I mentioned having ridden around with Dr. Allen a bunch of years ago in his Volt, and that was one of the things that amazed me. Just light turns green, gone. Wow. But as for self-driving, at that point in time, well, you know, I think I think about long trips that I've taken, long drives, and long drives that I hope to make. One of these days, I really want to cross the country and go see my daughter in New Mexico. I want to see New Mexico. Might wind up living in New Mexico. But just driving from, say, here to where I grew up in Alabama, or maybe going all the way to the Gulf and visiting Miss Carrie. Would, and, and I've been the driver in the car, God knows, because I got a little bit of a control hang-up. I want to do the driving. Not a very good passenger, unless I absolutely have to be. Not that I sit there and backseat drive, I just tense up a little bit, or front seat drive. But I like driving. And I keep my mind busy by calculating when I'm going to arrive somewhere, or when I'm going to reach the next exit, or, uh, and, and keeping my mind busy with it. Because some of these things are safety things. You, know, you, you, you pay attention to your mile markers in case there's a need to reach out for safety reasons. And they say, where are you? And you say, I just passed mile marker such and such southbound on such and such interstate. And constantly checking, you know, driver's side mirror, passenger side mirror, rear view mirror, refocus, check speed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I like driving. I can't imagine, and does it, has anybody, are there really people out there who get on a long drive in their car that has self-driving capacity and just turn on the autopilot and take a nap? 
I mean, it's a solid ten hours at least between, depending on stops, between here and uh, and when, where I grew up in Alabama. On the one hand, it's like, well, you know, you could just get going, get down the mountain, get on the interstate, take a nap. How much confidence would you have to have in software, uh, in the case of Leon Scum, developed by a guy who hangs out with, and this is just a moment, who hangs out with the likes of uh, We Wake Ramaswamy and accused sex trafficker Andrew Tate and, of course, Alex Jones. And as Darlene reminds me, today is the 11th anniversary of Sandy Hook. Sad day here in Connecticut. Flags are at half-staff per order of Governor Lamont, and I remember exactly where I was when I heard about it. Ferg and I were on our way to Knoxville. It was sort of a prophetic pre-echo because it was the it's the same it's the same route that I take to get down there to visit them in Tennessee. Only we just went a little further to Knoxville. Went down there to speak about mountaintop removal at the University of Tennessee. Rocky Top. We had a rented Dodge Charger with all-wheel drive and the six-cylinder engine. It wasn't a Hemi. And over the radio, National Petroleum Radio, came the news of what had happened in Sandy Hook. And so there was Leon Scum palling around with a guy who has massive judgments against him for having tortured the heartbroken parents of those children who were slaughtered because of the holy sacred second amendment and the surviving members of the family who who were accosted wherever they went because Alex Jones said it was a false flag and those are the manosphere guys that Leon Scum Pals around with, to use a phrase coined by Caribou Barbie, Godzilla from Wasilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, going back to the clip, Stephen New York said, I, I will guarantee you Nudie no longer takes Joe's calls. Do you think Joe calls him? Oh, and uh, uh, Cowbell for Irish Dave. Talking about Nitwit Nero. But if he gets baptized in the Church of Jesus Christ LSD, he could sell magic underpants pieces and shit. Racing stripes, not optional. Well played, Irish Dave, well played. Yeah, that's true. My question, Robin, says Ralph, says who actually built the software and hardware for Elon's self-driver? Well, it certainly wasn't Leon Scum, because he's never done or built anything in his life. He's only taken credit for other people's ideas, or bought other people's ideas, or stolen other people's ideas from them. And and I know we have some Tesla drivers in the in, in the Horn Family Community Congregation. Please don't feel called out. Uh, that was not that was not my intention. 
by the same token, though, if you have a self-driving vehicle with, uh, I mean, an electric vehicle with self-driving capability, have you ever taken a nap? Would you ever take a nap? I mean, I can I can I can see instances where it could be helpful. You know, maybe you've got a, a great big I don't know Cadillac Canyon Arrow or something, and it's got self-driving on it, or and 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 you got you got the entire family there in the back seat and the back seat behind it, and 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 they're fighting. And, you, and 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 carrying on and pinching each other and making each other cry and you get the idea that maybe I know a little bit about this and 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 you just said all right that's it I'm putting on the self-driving kids and you turn around in your driver's seat and you say we're gonna have a little talk right now now if you really want to go to Wally world you're gonna stop this carrying on right this instant Meanwhile, your partner's in the seat next to you going, Honey, I know this is supposed to be trustworthy, and I know this is supposed to work and everything, but I'd feel a lot better about us and you and me and our family staying alive if you'd turn around and let me deal with disciplining kids while you drive the damn car. Uh, Matt says Teslas, uh, not all Teslas have self-driving. It's like an additional 10K or so to have that software update. For 10K, I can just have an Uber or taxi take me where I'm going. We did have a guy in the Bay Area that was sitting in the back seat of his Tesla while it was in self-driving mode. Someone caught it with their cell phone. I think he got in some kind of trouble over it. Well, I'd like to think that if I had a self-driving car and trusted it enough that I would take a nap in it, uh, I would at least stay out of the back seat. But then again, you start thinking about all the all the stupid things that people do, and eventually somebody's going to get busted for you know being in the back seat. Uh, how does John Prine put it? Uh, uh, in, in in that one uh, that one song uh, with her hair up in curlers and his pants to his knees. If it hasn't already happened, it will. Wherever you are or aren't, John Prine. Bless you. Bless you. Well, we are well on our way to a goose egg, uh, goose egg Thursday. Let's run over to uh, the stress line and see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, sis. Tracy. How the hell are you? I'm okay. We had a, it, was a, it was a pretty day yesterday and a pretty day today. I'll take all the blue sky so I can got- get these days. Yes, it's been really cool. Oh, before I forget, Tristan, if you're listening, thank you for that shout-out yesterday, sweetie. Oh, that made me smile. Oh, Tristan? It really, really did. Yes. It's like, oh, you know, they gives me hope that all, the, you know, because we, we're older. I mean, you're a boomer. I'm Gen Xer. And we have, you know, this little thing that, you know, we have about the, the entitlement or so, so said entitlement of gen, of millennials and zoomers. But listening to Tristan Tristan talk speak made me smile, and I was on a four hundred five, so I did that smile. Yeah. So, uh, you, so are you saying the four hundred five is not a very smiley place? 
No, it's it's uh, one of the rungs of hell. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I know it's bad because you, you you made hell two syllables. Hail. Hail. Mm-hmm. That part. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, oh. but to get so I was having my day started off pretty good, and then it kind of went from sugar to shit in less in under sixty seconds. And I'm like, oh, I need something to make me smile. And so, what did your girl do? Your girl went and saw the Beyonce concert movie. It was an experience. It was just, it was just, I needed to, I needed to hear and be and feel blackness and just be around positivity and stuff like that. And I mean, it's not like I'm, a, you know, I'm not in the beehive or anything like that. Or I don't even know a lot of her music. Some of her songs I, I like, and some of them I've never really heard. So, but that concert, sis, and the costume changes, sis. It was different from um, uh, Tay-Tay's because her show her movie was just a straight-up concert. But Beyonce's movie... It was a concert, but she talked about, you know, she wanted to highlight the people behind the scenes, the crews, the the scenes, you know, and everything that's gone into the show and and being a black woman. And even with her being Beyonce, people don't listen. And she's like, I, I'm really tired of repeating myself. And I'm like, well, fuck, if motherfuckers ain't listening to Beyonce, what the fuck is what chance do I have? But yeah, no, she was just she talked about you know her, her evolution and just talking about what it's like to be in a business for are you for twenty five years. She's been in she's been performing since she was seventeen years old. Destiny's child, right? Right, and before that. You know, and it's just, again, just this, I think, like, she's like, like something about her fault. And even with, with her putting on some weight, that still looks good. I, I, you know, it's like, the girl is sick. She, you know, she, she's a Texas girl. And girl is sick. And she talks about, you know, having a tummy now and arms. And I'm like, I would kill to have her body. I'm like, you know what? I, I would put up with anything and everything just to have her body and just the dancing. I, I, was, I was at one point, I'm like, I'm exhausted just watching it. And But I think one of my favorites, her, her dance captain, is a dark-skinned plus-size girl. And watching her, that girl move, I'm like, ooh. Don't have to be skinny to be to be able to move. I have a confession to make. I don't know. If you, I don't know. If you've, I don't know if you've seen the ads on social media. I know you're not on social media a lot, but there's an app out there, and it's a subscription app. Uh oh. What have you done? I haven't done anything. I can't afford it, but I, I'd, I'd like to do. I'd, okay. I'd kind of like to. It, it, it's basically a learn to dance app. Okay. And you know, you just put it on. And they've got different lessons for different levels, and it's great exercise. And maybe late in life, I could learn to 
actually move with a little bit of grace, charm, and style. What kind of what kind of dance is it? Is it all kinds, or is it specific? Or uh, they, they 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 target it for you know? Do you want to learn weight loss? Do you want to learn basic dance? I mean, and I don't know. The ads for it I've seen have, shall we say, a pole aspect to it. How dare! Not to say no, because I would I would die. But somebody sent me a picture the other day. It said, is this you? Because they found a they found a dancing pole for sale in Fayette County, West Virginia. Like, no, that is not me. <laughs> not it. No. Let's say the message was aspirational. Okay, look, look. You know what? I would love, look, I would love to have the upper body strength to be able to dance on a pole. You hear me? And, and, cause that shit ain't, that shit ain't easy. And you gotta, nah, and, and you gotta do it in heels and shit. So yeah, nah. But then, I came out of the movies and I, I had to go to Costco, and so I, I actually found a parking space. Right, that's not far from the door, which is an amazing seat when you go into Costco, especially in the evening. And so as I'm walking out from my car, this white boy walks past me and says, you have a couple of dollars. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And so I'm going to go the little bitch was filming, and he's like, oh, I see that. There's like uh, a cat that doesn't have any money. And I said, I said, baby, I, have, I don't have any money cash because nobody pays in cash anymore. And who are you to be filming me? And then at the point, then I said, you know, girl box. It's like, oh, you know, when I was talking about how wonderful about millennials and, and Zoomers and then that little bitch wrote by, and I'm like, see, this is everything you have to be on film. And it's like, who are you to say why I did not have, you know, give you money or what have you? <sighs> so then that put me back in my mood. And then I went to Costco, which, <laughs> I mean, actually, Costco really wasn't that bad, to tell you the truth, because I was really excited because they have self-checkout now. And I only had, I have, I got my chicken, you know, so you gotta go, you go to Costco, you gotta get your Costco chicken, if you, it ain't right, unless you get your Costco chicken. And so I got my Costco chicken, and then I was, and I was getting movie tickets, gift cards, right? So I'm like, oh good, I can just go through the self-checkout. You can't go through the self-checkout with, with gift cards. You have to go in the regular line for the gift cards. I'm like, oh my, okay. So that's, you know, oh, on a happy note, I did go see Beyonce. And Sunday, I am going to see Willy Wonka. Oh, that's so fantastic. Because I need light and magic and Timothy Chalamet in my life right now. And because when I when I first, you know, when they started doing the trailers earlier this year, I panicked, you know, because I'm like, please, Jesus, God, please, Black Baby Jesus, do not try to make another remake of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, because I'm still traumatized for what Tim Burton and and Johnny Depp did to that version. 
But when I saw it was a prequel to that, and it just seems like it just seems like you're just gonna come out of the theater smiling. So I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. No, I was gonna see it tomorrow, but I'm like, no, I'll go see it Sunday. And I'm already, I've already bought my tickets. So just you know, we need we need happiness in our lives right now. And I hope it doesn't. I, I just hope this version doesn't go somewhere dark. Actually, from what I understand, it does not. There's no dark and dread. I mean, because Roald Dahl, that motherfucker was dark. And actually, you know, our favorite version from the 70s with Gene Wilder, it was dark, but not like, you know, it, it didn't even really touch upon. The, the, have you ever actually read Charlie in the, in the Chocolate Factory? Yes, or, yeah, Roll, Roll Doll, yes. Yes, he. I don't think he likes children. At all. So, yeah, no. Uh, I, well, I mean, I, Matilda, too. I, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. Of course, because you get the Disney, Warner Brothers, whatever version, because you want people to take their kids or what have you. So you're going to, you know, not put what those books or, or the short stories really were about. And, yeah, and I think that's what Tim Burton was trying to do with his version. But, again, you don't fuck with you do not. Fuck with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There's just certain things you don't fuck with, like right. uh, Taylor doing the Twisted version of September. I'm never gonna let it go. I'm not. <laughs> I, I see. I, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't expect you to. <laughs> there are just some things that are fucking unforgivable. And, you know, and I will give Tay-Tay all her props because, yes, I actually went and saw the movie, the concert movie, and I, like I said, that's, you know, I said, and I really wanted to hate it. I really wanted to hate it, but I couldn't. So that kind of pissed me off, but I did enjoy it. So, like I said, but there's a certain things that, you know, it's just like, no... You know, let's say, let it go, let it go, no. Again, no. So, so what movie, is there anything coming out during the holiday season that you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, I want to go see the Napoleon movie, I confess. Okay. And, and, I don't blame you. And on, on, on the big screen, um, oh, what was it, um, just recently... Um, oh, oh! I want to, I want to go see. You've already seen it, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. Not exactly feel-good yes. movies. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. What I would really, I like lo- what, I, what I, I would, you know, what I would really love, and I don't know if it's a regular thing. Uh, several years ago, I had never seen it on a big screen, and neither had Ferg. And he and I went to. A Christmas Eve showing of It's a Wonderful Life. I would, oh my God, and how was that? I mean, you, 
I took, a, I, you know, I took one of those little, I, I took one of those, this is in the before time, so I took one of those little packages of Kleenex with me. Of Kleenex? Uh-huh. I, you know, there are a couple, there are a couple of spots in it. There's a couple of spots in It's a Wonderful Life where I'm, I'm just going to ball. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I ran, I ran through that little pot, that little packet of Kleenex in a minute. It was so powerful to see that. Oh, he was just absolutely. It just blew his doors off. Because it's so. It's a. It's a. I mean, there is a difference between what. And we're very used to watching. You know, I watch most of my movies on a screen now, that is smaller than my parents' first television. What are the? Are your tablets? Yeah. Um, oh God. And and it, but we we forget I think how profound the theater experience is, and um, yes, you do. my my pal Dan Fisher, our pal Dan Fisher, uh, has remarked. Well, on, I'm like, wait, he's not my pal no more. No, I said I said our pal. I know you cleaned it up before I had a chance to say something. Yeah, well, see, that's that's why I edit on the fly. But you know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's remarked on that. On the fact that nowadays, oh God, I'm getting in Grandpa Simpson territory. Nowadays, yeah, we don't even wear onions on our belts anymore. But but I'm guilty of it. I only go to the movies to uh, to the actual theater to see things that are spectacle on the big screen. And like, shame on me. Like Avatar, Star Wars. And yeah, like yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, th- I think I think we've lost something in the translation, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, and then COVID didn't help. Well, no. With the situation. And and then the writer strike. This one, you know, the movie theaters, everything was becoming, was coming, trying to you know, come back from the dead and they were starting this. I mean, not that I feel bad for multinational corporations because it's not like, you know, they're really hurting for money, but I digress. Uh, and then the writer's strike, and first the writers are in the actors and, and Hollywood shut down for, you know, one month. And so all those, even though they, you know, they have movies, you know, in the pen or what have you, the problem was none, nobody could promote them because of the strike. You have all these movies that are being released, and they came and went because there wasn't anybody to promote the movies to go for people to go and you know and drum up you know excitement and stuff like that for these movies. So um, yeah, but there now I need you to look up this movie because it looks like it's going to be amazing. Called American Fiction, and Jan wants to go see it. And I was like, "So the premise of the movie is, and and and, and my man, my, uh, my one of my favorite actors of all time, Jeffrey Wright. That man is amazing. But anyway, he plays uh, this really smart, witty, um, well-read black man who's written books." He's a black man that doesn't see race, and he doesn't understand why, you know. So, yeah, he's a loser. But he is, um, 
so he's getting all these books and nobody buys them. Buddy, can you not be in my lane, jackass? Sorry, sis. Um, so he's written all these books to make them bomb, right? And so he, so there's this black, another black writer, female, um, this Tisha Ray from Insecure, and she writes this, this book that basically plays the white people because, you know, a, you know, a woman was, that speaks is ebonic and mama, baby mama drama and, you know, just, Every stereotype, every trope, everything that, you know, people think black people are, and she's a shit. And so one day he decides he's going to do, he's going to just write the book as a, write a book like that as a joke, and of course it's a hit. And now he has to change his whole persona and all that. So that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's one of those movies that come out. Well, I just went. I just I went and looked, and they're doing it again this year. I think it's a marquee cinema thing. Uh, mm. So you might want to check your listings out there. On December seventeenth and twentieth, they are screening. It's a Wonderful Life. <sighs> do you have Do you have marquee out there? No, it's straight up AMC, but they do have. Like these um, Christmas movies for five dollars, so I'm pretty. I'm, I would not be. I mean, they're showing Elf. And okay, um, well, these Home yeah, Alone. these guys showed Elf uh, on the third and the sixth of December, so I missed out on that. But wait, so the seventeenth and twentieth of December, it's a Wonderful Life, and then uh, November twenty sixth and 29th, I have never seen this on the big screen. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen in White Christmas. The white people Christmas? I'm sorry, what, white Christmas? Why you gotta be, why, like why you gotta be, why you gotta be like that? Why you gotta, you mean why I gotta be me? And full, full transparency, I love that movie. That and um, Holiday Inn was the first time we actually heard the song White Christmas. Yes, that's the one that has the Abraham scene in it that nobody's gonna be playing anytime soon. Yeah. I had, and by the way, speaking of because uh, cr- that, that is that is two hundred proof cringe. Uh, that Abe, Bing Crosby in blackface. Don't do it! Don't just stop! Don't just don't even say it out loud. Ah. But I, I, I had I noticed uh. I had forgotten because it, there's another movie and every time you know I, when I watch it I'm. It's all about Grace Kelly, but uh, to catch a thief. Yeah. yeah. The the the, the, the masquerade ball scene with Cary Grant done oh. done up as the Moorish attendant to oh, yeah. Grace Kelly. I, I, I'd forgotten about it. It's like oh oh Alfred Hitchcock oh. See that's the thing. And this is what I tell people, y'all can forget about shit, but I don't. <laughs> it's just like, the perfect movie, you know, you got Grace Kelly and Carrie fucking Grant, and then you put Grace, and then you put Carrie Grant in fucking blackface. And I don't know what's worse, it's just the fact that it was so acceptable, and that, and it's even still, 
white people don't understand why they should not do it, even if it is how Well, it's so weird, and I don't understand why I can't go ahead and put on some blackface. It's a motherfucker because you can't. And, and I'm not going to explain it to you. I just, I just, just don't do it. Unless you, or you can do it unless you just want to be canceled. I mean, I'm still, I'm still. Oh no! Yeah. See, back back when I was trying, back when I was first learning cosmetics, and 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 it was during okay. the and it was during the pandemic, so there was no trying anything on in the store. Nope. I, I think I think I culturally appropriated several different cultures just trying to find a fucking foundation that matched my skin tone. Well, that's you know what I that shit happens. Nothing you can do about it, and there was no intent on that because you know better. But I finally, like but, I, but, but I, finally, I, I did. I finally learned, and I realized that whenever I want to try a new foundation, I just go and I look for the absolute lightest shade they have. You mean chalk? Basically, yes. Clown white. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was that was bad even for me. No, that was quick. That was no. That was that was that was quality off the cuff. That was a quality off the cuff burn. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm really pressed for time, I just I just uh, and or if they're out of what I'm looking for, I just pop uh, I just pop over to Sherwin Williams and get some uh, uh, latex flat, uh, flat right? yeah white wall paint. Or do you get or do you get do you get flat or matte or do you get the? Oh, I get flat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it's flat, like yeah, the rest of me. Uh, oh. That was good. Oh, that was good. That was good. That and, was and, good. And, uh, and, and sometimes I just use a little bit of spackle and a Marshalltown trowel. The archaeology fans in the, the the archaeology fans in the Horn Family Community Congregation will understand the Marshalltown trowel reference. Hi, Doctor John. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Oh. Sometimes, sometimes you just don't have it in you to do the whole full face, and I, I'll look at Annette when I'm just heading up the road to the Rippy Mart, and I'll say, "Yeah, uh, I'm going to throw some spackle on my face and go, go to the store." Oh Jesus! Let's yeah, see, but, but back to it for a minute. One of these days, no, I mean, and, and I've kind of, I, I hope this is the year. Um, I'm gonna go to some plastic surgeon, and, and and because I know you love this movie as much as I do, L.A. Confidential. They cut her to look. They 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 cut her to look like Veronica Lake. Remember that line? Veronica Lake. Yeah. I'm yes. gonna, I'm, Doc cut me to look like Grace Kelly, and then he's gonna look at me and go, "I'm a <laughs> damn it! I'm a surgeon, not a miracle worker." Right. It's like damn. Damn it! Just a doctor. Just like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't join this plastic surgery practice to to be, to be to be made fun of by the likes of you. Cut me like Grace Kelly. <laughs> Although honestly, I think I've got a fighting chance of saying, "Make me look like Hannah Waddingham," and that'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, 
and that's what I was when you know when we talk about stat US because I don't think Beyonce's that tall, but she looks like she's just really tall. But the dresses and her, I mean, man, that you talk about hourglass figure and the hips and the and 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 the boobies and all that. I'm like, she's you know she's forty over forty, you know over forty years old. So she and then had three children. You know, the woman in birth. Three babies, two of them at the same time, and she and cleaned she too. And she cleaned too. Had to just throw that in there. Figured you were going to go there anyway. We haven't done that. We haven't had a reason to say any clean too. Oh, oh God! So but in, in the in, in the ongoing this this segment is called "Losing Every Man in the Horn Family Community Congregation." Uh, yeah. But uh, no, that that yeah. Hannah Waddingham Christmas special, those dresses. <gasps> oh, I told you when I and saw the, that shit. And the and the, and, the, and the white cloak with the white fur-lined hood. No, I know I have no business wearing hoods, but. Well, you can wear a hood as long as it's not white. But the white hooded cloak that she wore. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Of course. It's that... like, you know, because I'm not the most feminine girl in the I, I don't know what happened to me. I used to be. But then again, I think that was more of a front. But then again, I, that was also damn near, you know, 80, 90 pounds ago. So there's a whole oh, lot I of rem- things No, happening. I remember the clip of you on the on the game show. You were a girly girl. girl. Quit it. I, I, you know, um, I wish I could find that clip because that shit was fucking awesome. And that was me. After, and I was just like, I just had a baby. That what a 22-year-old metabolism will do for you. You know what I mean? The truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's like, I... I when I see, when I, watching Hannah Weddingham, before I forget, have you watched Crapopolis? I think that's what it's called. I think you can watch it on Hulu. And her, and she voices one of the characters. I have got it. Hey, just watch it. The only reason why I watched it is because it popped up in Hulu, and and I saw that she was in it, and. And so I had to watch it. It's not bad. Actually, kind of, it's pretty, it's, it's some, it can be some funny shit. So it's, a, it's animated. So, uh, uh, yeah, give it a, a gander. You might, uh, you might okay. enjoy it. Oh, speaking of giving it a gander, have you watched the reboot of Frasier? I have. It's not terrible. I'm looking forward. Uh, okay, yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna sit down and watch the uh, latest episode of Quantum Leap because I'm really invested, and they better have a season three. Well, the well they have a. The, did you read the article that I sent you? No, about? because I saw the Probably. title. Uh, no, because I saw the title, and I didn't want to run the risk There's of spoiling. No spoilers. There's no spoilers. I don't. I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't take chances. I am offended if you thought that I would send you an article to read about Quantum Leap and, and there would be spoilers before, because I know you don't watch it until tonight. See, you see how you do me? I'm wounded. 
You're hot. You are hot. You're hot. You know, I'm hot. That's H U T, hot. Hot. Uh huh. And so, but it's okay. I still love you. Well, I need to send out some thank yous. We're not a goose egg anymore. Thank you very kindly to Theo. And thank you, and 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 thank you to uh, Frank as well. Ralph's challenge has been met, and we are now down under twelve hundred dollars this evening. So we are actually down to. Um. Let's see. Eleven seventy-five. Eleven seventy-five. So thank you both so very much, and it'd be great if we could. So that means fr- last fr- we managed to fund last Friday before this Friday on the front porch. Before tomorrow. And we are twenty-five dollars into this past Monday, and I'm not kidding. I mean, there's bills to pay, and one, of, and I'll be quite honest here. One of the reasons is because tomorrow is the drop dead day for picking health insurance for 2024 through the marketplace. And it would be great if I had, if I was able to pay the premium for it, because I would very much like on January 1st to be able to say, "Hey, if I need to go to the doctor, I got insurance." Because you know things like, "Oh, well, you know, I was at the doctor yesterday, and he's like, got insurance yet?" I said, "No, I'm hoping for 2024." And he said, "Well, tell me when you do, because you're overdue for uh, your colonoscopy." Great. Uh, but you know, we'll just, but if you got insurance, we can just do Colaguard, and you really need all your labs run. I was like, well, I don't disagree, and this is one of those little affirming moments. He's he's a nice guy, my doctor, but there was this one moment where he kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, and he said, uh, you know. Uh, and and he was I could I could see the wheels turning. He was trying to figure out how to phrase it. And like I don't know I don't know if my sister Cynthia's ever been through this. I, at least on the first go. Uh, you know um, I uh, I mean I'm not sure how I. You know I you're the you're the only patient I've ever had who's been for, through the full transformation. At which point I interrupted and said, Oh no, we're not anywhere near done yet, Doc. There's work to be done, and he smiled, and I smiled, and he said, but really, I mean, uh, talking about insurance and stuff, if you get insurance, do I need to, is it, do I have, do I need to order mammograms for you? And I said, in light of the fact that my mother was a breast cancer survivor, yes, it's probably a good idea. And he said, okay, just get the insurance. So that's one of the things, in addition to the rest of the bills, that I'm trying to take care of. Uh, and then we had another uncomfortable conversation about another thing that needs to be checked. And I'll just leave that unmentioned, kind of like Joe and Mika, and that word that begins with D that Mika didn't quite know. So, uh, well, but that's, that's a part of it. So we're, yeah, we're, we're down to, well, and the thing is, you don't have, the, the other thing, you don't have to do the way the other thing usually gets done anymore for right. me. Or for women like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, still don't look forward to it. Let's just say, well, I, he looked at me and he said, well, that kind of makes sense. I'd just be feeling the other side of it. And if I haven't run away the rest of the Horn Family Community Congregation by now, they're headed for the aisles. Um, oh, yeah. 
Uh, but uh, so we're almost out of time. I don't want to end the program that way. Uh, so we will be at well, why not? we'll be at fourteen seventy five tomorrow. I'm just saying that so Brother Deacon Asa will hear, so he can remind me later. We'll be at fourteen seventy five tomorrow. No, no, we will not. Yeah, what? Yeah, fourteen seventy five. That's yeah. We'll be at fourteen seventy five tomorrow. I'm sorry, yep. I'm having a math problem. Uh, but I got a I got an end of the program story here, and it's not a fun story. This is absolutely sickening. I hear the sigh. Um, uh, Randy Radar says, you may want to skip your colonoscopy because I've heard there's a possibility they can tear your colon in the process. That is possible, but I've had, Jesus, I've had five of them in the past. and no, But this time through, if I've got insurance, they'll just use Cologuard. And there's no steel eel involved, so it's not intrusive. But anyway, this story comes out of Warner Robins, Georgia. Warner Robins, Georgia is a uh, a town. I think it's the 11th biggest city in Georgia or something. It's about 100 miles south of Hotlanta. Okay. And there's a uh, uh, there's a middle school there, Warner Robins Middle School. And there's a social studies teacher there named Benjamin Reese. And you've seen, uh, I, I presume, because you've had some of this carrying on out in California. We've had it here in West Virginia and the like, other states as well. Uh, people throwing fits, saying that the pride flag can't be displayed in a classroom. Because we can't, and, and, yeah. and, and they'll, prom- they'll promulgate these pain-in-the-ass uh, theories like, the only flag that can be displayed is the state flag and the flag of the new United States of America because any other flag is political. When the any other flag right. is nine times out of ten, the pride flag, which is just there to make little queer kids think, know that they're going to be safe at least in that fucking classroom, okay? But they have a hissy. Right. Well, in Warner Robins, Georgia, uh, teacher Benjamin Reese, who teaches seventh grade social studies, um, felt it felt burdened to make sure that everybody knew he was an Israel supporter. So he hung an Israeli flag in his classroom. And one little girl on the way out said, that's the Israeli flag, isn't it? And he said, yes. And she said, I find it offensive. And Benjamin Reese then lost his shit. This is a grown-ass white man, okay? On a child. Lost his shit on a seventh grader. Followed her into the hallway. Said, well, I'm Jewish, and I have family members who live in Israel. You don't make an anti-Semitic comment like that to a Jew. She didn't make an anti-Semitic comment. She found the flag offensive. Like I would find the yellow, the urine stained flag. And urine, what do you call it? Urine? Oh, the urine, yeah, the, yeah, like the, 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 the urine colored snake flag. Yeah, snake flag or the swastika flag or anything. The devil's diaper, you know, it. the Confederate battle flag. Right. right, right. So I find it offensive. 
Well, so he lost it. So he lost his shit, and the little girl said something negative back. She didn't raise her voice or cuss him or anything. But when whatever she replied, Benjamin Reese, a seventh grade social studies teacher, entrusted with the care and well-being of adolescent children in Warner Robins Georgia Middle School, responded to her as follows. You motherfucking piece of shit. I'll kick your ass. I should cut your motherfucking head off. You don't. And he walked back into the classroom screaming and carrying on that she shouldn't talk like that to a Jew. And then he continued, I will drag her ass into the parking lot, slit her fucking throat, and kill her. Uh, huh? Well, the deputies got wow. called. And the deputy led him back into his classroom, but Benjamin Reese then kicked the doorstop, throwing a fit, told the, told the deputy that he was violating his civil rights, refused to answer any questions, but the deputy had already asked a lot of questions because this was said with lots of witnesses, and arrested him on charges of making a terroristic threat and cruelty to children. Thank you. And thank you to an anonymous friend. Um, we're now down to $1,100 on the evening. Thank you so much. Okay. But I saw that story, I, I, and it's I, like, I, there's I, no way we don't do that story. No, no. But then I have and to where's say a, this, because I don't where, know. Where, no, I want to know where Elsie Stupidnik is. on. The, where's the congressional hearing? Right. Where are the self-righteous, fulminating, pontificating maggots on this story? Right. Imagine that, an 11-year-old little girl. We are not told in the story whether the 11, the, the ethnicity of the 11-year-old little girl. Oh, she better not have been black. Oh, because no, that's probably why she's black. You oh, motherfucker. Oh. Imagine. No, I mean, okay. Seventh grade little girl. What? Seventh grade. You're what? Maybe 12, 13? I don't know why I said 11 years. No. You motherfucking Ooh, piece of shit. I'll kick your yeah. ass. I should cut your motherfucking head off. I will drag her ass into the parking lot, slit her fucking throat, and kill her. But he did deny that. Well, but hey, he did deny saying anything racist. But, so... And to the extent that there's a teacher's union in Georgia, I hope the hell they don't defend him. They, they better not. They, they have better not. Oh. Well, I just saw this headline. Four men indicted in $80 million pig butchering scheme. I'm going to, I just, that's how I want to end the show. How, how much money? $80 million pig butchering scheme. Key points, 
Los Angeles federal prosecutors said four indictments and two arrests have been made in international pig butchering scheme. So-called pig butchering is an increasingly pre prevalent scam that preys on isolated individuals to build their life savings with promises of, of friendship and love. Victims often take out loans and tap out tap into savings to send funds to scammers they believe are their friends or romantic partners. Oh, so there's no there there are no there's no there's no actual yeah. bacon involved with this. No, because bacon is expensive, sis. Yeah, we talked about federal that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the yeah, way, brother, brother Deacon, going back to Warner Robins, Georgia, brother Deacon Asa said the most surprising part of that story to me is that there's a Jew in Warner Robins, Georgia. That part. What a repulsion! I mean. God, I just you know. Is so the fact that he says he didn't, afternoon? the fact that he claims that he didn't say anything racist is a clue. Isn't it? It's a clue. It's a clue because if he, it's when you when a white person says I didn't say anything racist, then the person that they're talking to or about must not be must be melanated in some shape, form, or fashion. I'll just say it that way. Well, there is a growing so, there. There's a growing Middle Eastern Muslim population in Georgia. I don't know. Maybe Warner Robins. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I said. Melanated. Yeah. Pick, the, pick whatever shade of brown you want. You know, it's, I'm just. I I it is exhausting. I'm just tired of people. I'm tired of stupid. I'm tired of racist. I'm just tired. You know, and, and you know the late great Stanley Lou Hayman said, "I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired because it's exhausting." But even in my exhaustion and my, I don't really give a fuck anymore. I still have to find the strength to keep moving. Um, I, I know you got to go, but real quick, so I had an interview. I'm trying to decide whose um, campaign I'm going to be working on next year for the primary. Either George Gascon, who is our DA, who was embattled. In battles, just just they're just coming from the left and right, and my new city council person. Well, I didn't even know it was my city council person, but it was part of the redistricting. That and somehow I wound up in her district, but that's a whole other conversation too. But I was talking to her campaign person, and and she's like, "This is exhausting and grueling work, but it's also liberating." But she said, the reason why I do this is because every day I get up and do stuff like that, it's one more day that I'm, you know, I'm fighting fascism, fascism one day at a time. So when we give up and feel like giving up and all this, remember, we cannot. We have to, we are fighting fascism every single day and especially our girl Robin. So, Right now, you know, everybody knows things are really tight for me right now because jam lost her job and things have just been really tight. We're, we're slowly coming, you know, rebounding, but it's going to take a minute. But even even with that, I still have, I do make my monthly $10 contribution. Is it 10 or 5? How do you know I'm a kid? Towards, it's 10, you know, that's all I can really do right now, but I do it. I know there's people in this in in the home community, you know, family congregation that have the funds 
even if, or even if you don't, don't one day, you know, one day a week, don't buy, don't go to Starbucks. Just, just say no. Or just go when it's, you know, go between 12 and 6 and, with a half and, off and, and or thank what you, have you. Yeah, and thank you to, uh, um, thank you to Arnold. Arnold got us down to uh, uh, eleven fifty. So thank you so much, Woo! Arnold. Thank you. That's big. Uh, oh, we have an update. Uh, serving as the Horn ad hoc Warner Robins Georgia Research Department, Ralph sent me the CNN story. Um, Reese, the toxic teacher. Uh, it's Houston County, by the way, which is also spelled the same way as Houston, but it's Houston. It's uh, uh, Houston in, in New York City, and it's Houston in Georgia. Uh, the Houston County School District said, uh, uh, while we're not able to uh, discuss specific personnel matters, we can share that Mr. Reese has not been on the campus of Warner Robins Middle School since December 7th. Safety and the well-being of our students and staff is our number one priority. Um, and CNN also learned that the child that he attacked was Muslim. So where are these people? You're talking about anti-Semitic hate and stuff like that. What about the, you know, the... Um, and one, the, one, teacher, one, one teacher has dropped the dime on him. Uh, she she heard the teacher Reese refer to the child as my anti-Semitic friend, and then she heard uh, this teacher heard him yelling, "She is a stupid motherfucker, and I will drag her by the uh, by the back of my car and cut her fucking head off for disrespecting my Jewish flag." It's not a Jewish flag; it's the Israeli flag. Israeli, you stupid punk. And and they've got him on they've got him on video. The surveillance video you know inside the video. school shows him following three students into the hallway, but there's no audio. Wow. Just wow. And and and, and so uh, Reese said asked the deputy. Uh, in what capacity are you here? Are you as the school resource officer or a member of the House and County Sheriff's Office? And the deputy re responded, both. And then Reese said, I have nothing further to say, and I invoke my civil rights. Mm -hmm. Oh, the caucasity. The caucasity? The caucasity of it all. Well, like I was saying, you guys, Robin is fighting that. You know, I, I try, but she's doing this every day, five days a week, y'all. She's actually, this is actually 24-7 because when there's stories popping up over the weekend, she has to disseminate and, and go through those and present all that shit to us. The least we could do is do something and, you know, contribute to the cause because this shit, you know, it ain't cheap, it ain't free. I mean, it's free for us. I mean, she could have us all behind her. She could be behind the paywall. But she wants us to have this information. So come on, you guys. You know, it is, I know everybody's saying it's tight and stuff, but for those who aren't, and just, just like I said, don't buy a latte today. Go one day without. 
I don't know. If, if, we, if we ever have the horn in, I'll 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 make the latte. I make a great latte. If we ever have another horn in. <laughs> Bitch, please. Oh my god! Oh, wait, you pitched that laugh up. That's that's the oh, 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 oh yes, it's droll. It's very risible. Yes. Yeah, see, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take your up-pitched laugh, and I'll, 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 I'll see your up-pitched laugh, and I'll, I'll raise you a Julia Child. Damn it, don't fuck with me. Oh, bitch! Oh, bitch! You taste the chicken. And I remember when I was a little girl. Oh, I'm getting a little faint. Now. You bitch! You were never little. But I, uh-oh. Oh, I'm home. I can't All right, I'm home, Tracy. So here we go. Take care. I love you, too. Bye. Love you, bye. No, I was thinking about the Dan Aykroyd, Julia Child skit. Oh, I'm feeling a little faint, though. Uh, yeah. So that's the program, y'all. I got a little bit of a late start, so I made up for it. Friday on the front porch tomorrow, fundraising gold in will be 1350 to... Get caught up with the week, and maybe maybe during Friday on the front porch, uh, we'll raise up enough to pay some bills and do an insurance premium. Woohoo! <sighs> Thanks to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to uh, each and every one of you who pr- share your precious finite time engaging in the program. Um, thanks to our a la carte contributors. And the folks who make the challenges, okay, we're now down to 13.45. Thank you for tomorrow, 11.45 today, 13.45 tomorrow for the week. Thank you so much. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Please remember, like and subscribe to the podcast if you're a member of the podcast half of the community. Actually, more than half. Um... Please like and subscribe. Maybe leave a comment. It's awfully helpful. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. saw a news story that says, uh, Joe to the mansion born is going to go on the road and listen to hard-working centrist Americans in uh, in in uh, investigation of whether he should launch a third-party run for the presidency. I've made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate, but what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there's an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. I start in January. I'll be two months on the road. And we're all, all we're trying to do is just mobilize people like myself who feel like they're homeless, politically homeless. Yeah, you're so homeless you live on a fucking yacht, Joe. I don't recognize the Democratic Party and I have a D by my name. Oh, there's one of those D people. Joe was talking, the other Joe was talking about. I have a lot of Republicans that don't recognize the Republican Party that have ours by their, their name. So the grand old party and I guess the blue dog Democrats, they're homeless. And I hear it every day. 
just a reminder that children are going to sleep in America tonight who weren't food insecure for a brief period of their little lives and are, are again now thanks to one man, Joe to the mansion born. Now, he's gotten more fossil fuel money than any other member of uh, the entire Congress. And he used his position as chair of, of uh, Senate Natural Resources to put forward policies that, well, remember the first law of mansions? No one named Mansion ever does anything that doesn't ben- benefit someone named Mansion. That sure didn't benefit West Virginians. No, I mentioned all that when I was talking about my friends, my dear, dear friends, comrades at Coal River Mountain Watch. Might need to get a copy of his itinerary and see if there's going to be any public meetings and make sure that they're, oh, I don't know, some actual real live, no kidding West Virginians there who can talk about what, not what he's done for West Virginia, but done to him. Maybe protest, organize a little protest action here and there. I might be just that girl. Nah, I'm kidding. Ah, but anyway. Uh, oh, and uh, one other, one last thing. Um, for my friends in the Buckeye State, Ahia did something absolutely repulsive yesterday. They passed out of the entire Ohio legislature a bill banning life-saving medical care for at-risk adolescents, trans kids, and making sure that biological males can't play in girls' sports. I know a lot of people in Ohio who are absolutely devastated, heartbroken, and fucking mad. Because in both houses of the Ohio legislature... Virtually no one spoke in favor of the bill, while multitudes spoke against it. Every medical organization in the state of Ohio uh, inveighed against this piece of toxic trash passing for legislation. And so there are families in Ohio now who are trying to figure where they're going to flee so that they can care for their children. What a horror. So if you're in Ohio, and, I, and you know you already vote the right way, you're listening to this program, but help your friends and neighbors learn to vote the right way too. This is the same Ohio legislature that's saying that, well, people really didn't understand the, 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 the cannabis bill, so we're probably going to have to override the constitutional will of the people and they didn't understand the uh, the, the uh, uh, amendment about a woman's right to health care. So we're probably going to have the, the, the fight ain't over. Fuck our Constitution and fuck the people of Ohio. Remember in November, y'all. So anyway, please stay safe. I get my booster tomorrow. I'm very excited. I get my booster tomorrow. And, uh, well... Uh, not getting an RSV because they don't got none. But get yours if you haven't already. If you're around groups of five or more, or God knows, maggots, wear your mask. 
There's another, and there's even another variant on the horizon. Low. The feckless perfidy of Donald Trump you have always with you. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if Joe to the mansion born comes towards you on the sidewalk, mumbling something about, I'm homeless. Avoid that privileged coal broker like the plague. Because he is. Just ask hungry, hungry children in America. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.